double checking that we're not like yeah it'll be fine it's it's, lo- it's lower in the mix because then when I do loudness normalization there won't be any peaking so <sighs> didn't mean to make you cry then why did you kill my cat I have to stress he didn't. Bored. He didn't kill my cat. I have. I've lost a cat since. Hi everyone. Welcome to Big Damn Cat. <laughs> Big Damn Pop Culture Podcast, uh, where we talk about whatever the fuck we want to talk about, including my dead cat. Uh, this episode is dedicated to my dead cat. My de- uh, yeah, Dolly. We're laughing about this, but well, he, yeah, this is true. It's true. This isn't it's a just, bit. This is just how he deals with we it. We are laughing about it because it is kind of funny. Um, because everything is, and then you die. No, uh, Dolly, long-term listeners of the previous podcast and everything will be aware of Dolly. Um, she's gone. Little Dolly. Um, so if you have a cat, hold them tight, hold them close, hold them a little tighter, little bit tighter. When you hear the snap, that's how I did it. So, uh, <laughs> I, um, Chris... The sixth stage of grief, Johnson. I am not endorsing any of this animal cruelty nonsense. <laughs> no animals were harmed during the make of this podcast. No, it's true. It happened before we recorded. Ah! So, no, 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 no. To, to assuage the worries and fears of anyone who might actually be like, is he admitting to her to get... No, Dolly died of uh, kidney failure. Um, yeah, she, she failed after I beat her with a kidney. <laughs> No, um, no, no, no. Dolly died of kidney failure very suddenly and is now resting where we think is the most appropriate for her. Uh, she's in her box, her favourite place. Uh, I've seen so it. you've seen it. I've seen the box. You've seen it. You cracked it open. You gave it a little, little sniff, didn't you? Yeah. Mm, rubbed a bit on the gums. The old gums. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if I should die of smallpox, put my remains in my snuff box. Yeah. Um, we should probably talk about pop culture, shouldn't we? <laughs> Why bother? Why the f- why? Why? Well, do you know what? <laughs> Pop culture's fucked, mate. Oh, j- shall, <laughs> shall we start with the alleged elephant in the room? Because, oh my God. So as of this recording, Just we are such two days after the advancement of this story, and it could develop before this edit is finished. I probably will. So sometime last month, actor Jonathan Majors... Which is relevant to this podcast because we talked about him in the last episode. And also, I, I saw Creed 3, like, the day before this news came out. Did you finish that night going, oh my, do you know what? He's amazing. I can't wait to see what things he's going to be at. And then this news came out. Yep. Jonathan Majors uh, was detained and questioned over um, alleged, have to stress that, alleged. Um, Assault in his partner! Yeah. Battery, strangulation. Um and within two days, questioning Dickhead. was let go. Uh, according to sources, uh, she retracted the statement. But there was something kind of weird about it because he left sort of the the hearing with a baseball cap that said, like, justice on it. Which was like, that's, that's a weird thing to do. Whatever. Like, even if you're like... Yes, like I could understand maybe if it was after like a long battle or whatever, but like the first weekend of it, it just feels a bit off. It feels a bit off. 
But it could be that, yes, he was wrongfully accused. And yes, he just was like, oh my God, I'm so freaking relieved that this stopped before it got any further. Like, but. that's fine. But when the news broke about the alleged assault that he committed, allegedly, his former colleagues and students from back when he was acting, acting school and everything... Mm have come out, like, several of them to go, he's really deeply unpleasant to work well, with. Well, some of them had already shared stories about <clears throat> a person that they knew who was abusive and unpleasant, but obviously not named names. Yeah, and who was currently rising to and, the top. Yes. And, and it's hard to see them yeah. everywhere. And yeah. when the news broke, they were like, here, I'm pointing at this. I'm not saying it's him. This is what I was talking about. But uh, yeah. this is related to the um, thing I said. So yeah. there's a quite an alarming amount of, of prior mm-hmm. um, allegations and stories that yeah. I wasn't aware of until this news broke. Oh, I think I think um, the majority of the internet were, were, were sort of hit with this for the first time around this yeah. time. And, um, you know, there's no... There's wh- no smoke without fire, guys. Like, no. come on. Um, which which has been exacerbated by this week's development, whereby it's been quiet for the last few weeks since this news broke, but now his management company and his agency, so his PR team and his agent, have let him go. And it's been a few weeks since the original story. Yeah. One could assume that maybe, oh, this is just this is going to vanish now. Like maybe he'll say something about it in the future. Maybe he'll be like. Something happened and I've not been a good person in the past, but like, I'm going to, you know, like I'm going to take some time or whatever, like stuff where it's at least, okay, we can give them the benefit of the doubt that there's going to be some repair going on. Mm. Uh, More important than anything, obviously, is we hope that anyone where him or his partner or ex-partner, whoever was hurt or lied about or whatever, whoever is the real victim see some form of justice. Well, That's the most important thing. I don't thing. think it's been confirmed. But the fact that his agencies have all dropped him suggests that there is something well, to that. come. I, yeah, I don't think it's been confirmed, but I, I mm. believe the authorities have approached his previous, alleged previous victims to cooperate with him. Right. So this so, means the management and agency know something. Either... And the really, the, the really shit thing about this is that Couple of couple of different things, a couple of different scenarios here. Yeah. What's happened is mm. the, this stuff has been known about him, and but the people who have hired him for those successively bigger jobs haven't known. That's know. that's possible. That's, that's entirely possible. possible. What? Abusers can cover their tracks, or it just has never been in a and situation where professionally people have become aware of his behaviour. And that's still shit. Alleged behaviour. That's still shit because it yeah. means that either the people who um, had had <clears throat> that that previous experience weren't able to, or didn't feel they were able yeah. to speak out about it. Yeah. And that's, that's, that's shit. awful. Yeah. Um, the more likely scenario, because I'm nothing if not a cynic, is that this was a sort of open secret in the circles he was running in. And the people who were hiring him just, didn't care hmm. um, or turned a blind eye or didn't believe it all of which are awful for, for different reasons yeah um, <clears throat> and 
this keeps happening. Yeah. <laughs> like, so something, something's obviously wrong. That we, and I, and it does happen with 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 men, in that they are allowed to become more and more successful while this stuff is happening in the background, and the people who it's happening to are either not able to speak out or not being listened to. And so someone is allowed to become this successful uh, on the you know the precipice of superstardom, and then suddenly it all comes out. Um, I mean, Kevin Spacey, Harvey Weinstein, Harvey Weinstein, yeah, like Brian Singer. Obviously, this allegedly because that one's still this being is a much dealt with uh, more contracted length of time. I, I, <clears throat> I think that's I'm what that's of... what's most shocking about it is because. But I've seen people bring up the false false equivalence to a degree where they said like, well, Josh Brolin has had a pretty horrid like past. There was a story of like him and a, an ex, and like there was abuse involved, and this and the other. It's like, yes, but fifteen ish years ago, time has passed. It's not an ongoing pattern of behaviour, and you can't punish people dependent on what it is. You can't punish people forever well, based on a, a thing they've done where there has been yeah. time where they've possibly mended the relationships repaired repented do you know what i mean like it's it's whereas this is this just happened Conti- uh, uh, yeah whilst he's on the world stage continuing patterns of abuse as well yeah. like it, it's 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 very common that abusers yeah don't, don't just abuse one partner um i mean somehow sean penn still has a career mm. uh, well, well of sorts um <laughs> you know what i mean what he's a legitimate um, journalist <laughs> Watch him go out there making his journalisms. Um, what are yeah, you doing? Like, Get involved, Sean. Go away. Yeah. Um, I, <laughs> you know, it, it... Why do we keep letting this happen? And then... Well, yeah, let's, let's talk oh, about... We're, we're a part of that. We're, yeah. we're, we're party to that. We, uh, you know... We hired him. No. <laughs> like, but, yeah, like, we as, as... 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 Absorbers and customers of popular culture... Like, you can affect the way these things go. And if you feel that there is not justice being done, you should take the steps you can, no matter how tiny they are in the, you know, tiny they are in the mix of it all, you should take take the steps that you can to help. There's a reason why the two of us are very outspoken against J.K. Rowling and, and how she has, you know, torn a horrid, like, tidal wave through the trans community and, and, and things like that. Quick aside, if you've not seen the ContraPoints video about the witch trials of J.K. Rowling, go and watch the ContraPoints video about the witch trials of J.K. Rowling. It's fabulous. I mean, ContraPoints is always fabulous, but it's a particularly good one. And I feel like she's not done anything for a while, so yeah. Also, further recommendation, Jesse Gender's video on when um, J.K. Rowling set her fans on Jesse Gender out of the blue in December is a fascinating document. That's like a three-hour breakdown of the wave of transphobia that Rowling's been pushing and then at the end is like right now how does this tie into the experience I had because Jesse is nothing if not like this isn't about me I'm just one thing that's happened in all of this and here's why you should all be paying attention to all of it um but again like you know we we are actively not going to be like spending money on stuff that will give Joling Coling Rowling any money like that's how that works you know what I mean same Jonathan Majors if stuff is proved probably won't be engaging with stuff he's in because it's like sorry i just i don't want to give the message that yes he's done this horrible thing allegedly this is if he has done but yes he's done this horrible thing 
but I'll still watch stuff he's in. Like that's I mean, it's not. One no. would hope that it, there won't be anything else he's in. If this is what's happening, yeah, yeah, like this is. I I want I want it to be. Oh, a thing happened. It was a personal what's it got blown out of proportion. Everybody's okay. They've talked to each other. They've made it up, and he has now gone. Yeah, I have a problem with past things, and has gone to talk to people. That'd be great because then you go. That's person changing. That is a person engaging in making a difference and changing, whether it was forced into that thing or not. Long term thing, like you oh, need exactly. to take a big fucking step back for a long time. James Gunn, perfect example, made some really off color observations and jokes back in the day. Apologized for it. Back in the day, got dragged back up like you know, five six years ago. Got him fired from Disney. Warner's hired him. It was proven to be a, yeah, no, this is ridiculous. The dude already apologized. And Marvel were like, we didn't fire him. Can we have him back, please? And it's all worked out for the better. Like, culturally, pop culturally. But also just like, he could point to, I already started to change way before any of this began. And his work is emblematic of the sort of personal philosophies that he's been sticking to as someone who's become a better person. Now, of course, the difference here is, it's just crude jokes. It's not physical abuse. Yeah, or things there's, like that. A, there's a gulf there. Yeah, and again, none of these things equate. But in terms of like the pattern of showing that you are doing the right thing, making a change, making amends, there is a way to do that. Um, but here's where we also touch on the weirdly disproportionate and and other gulf of how this has been handled. Jonathan Majors versus Ezra Miller. Ezra Miller, over the last couple of years, they've engaged in some pretty weird acts, some caught on camera, some definitely on police record, ranging from strangulation of a fan that was play fighting, but the fan clearly was not, like, all for this chief. Um, their interactions with uh, a, a younger member of this family who they then sort of took under their wing, the, the farm where people were, like, kept around like, kids playing with bullets and... Go Google all the stuff about Ezra Miller. It's insane how, how long it goes on. Like the beating up the people in the karaoke bar, the following the same people and beating up in a hotel room. The, the fight with somebody over a bottle of booze that they stole from them. Like what? So again, what the hell? But Ezra Miller, we'll put them over there, let them do a bit of rehab, let everyone know they've done a bit of rehab and then bring them back for the Flash Press Tour. Versus Jonathan Majors, we still don't know everything. But the management's now, their management's dropping Jonathan Majors because maybe there's more to come out. Yeah. But it's very odd that like the world has immediately, or at least the professional world, has immediately gone, oh Jonathan Majors, ooh, I guess that's over. Whereas Ezra Miller's been allowed to sort of carry on a bit longer. And you're like, there is something very obviously different about both of these individuals. Yep. Um okay it's interesting how one is being thrown to the curb potentially already whilst the other's been given every chance listen i've been trying sun. to throw Ezra miller to the curb since Ezra miller threw someone else to the curb you know what i mean Jeez. um but <laughs> yeah it's, it's yeah. That, that's the that's also infuriating it's like there is that double standard of like oh we'll let Ezra miller do their thing but this say it this black man yeah. Ah, well, he gets come straight away. We'll give Ezra Miller a chance of the chance of the chance. However, in the Jonathan Major's case, it's telling that it's the management taking the steps and not 
Marvel or, you know, like... Yeah, Marvel yeah. haven't said... Marvel's a ...anything, which is the smart play, like, what mm-hmm. are they going to say? In terms, of, as well, of, uh, again, of where Jonathan Majors is in future projects, we know what stuff he's attached to, but the only thing he has filmed that has yet to go out is Loki Season 2. Yeah. Um, you could argue with that that it's in the can. The viewing spike for that would purely be based off of the fact that people are watching it, A, either because they love the original run of the show, or B, they're watching it out of curiosity to see just how much Jonathan Majors is going to be in it. Mm. So that's going to be an irregularity in terms of measuring the viewing figures yeah. of, you know, have people tuned in because they love Jonathan Majors? Like, no, people are tuned in because they're curious as fuck. The Flash yeah. is going to be a similar situation. Most of the people going to see that movie are not seeing it for Ezra, Ezra well, Miller. It's like I said before, they're holding Michael Keaton's Batman hostage in an Ezra <laughs> Miller film. They're holding our second ever shot at Supergirl on the cinema screen hostage in an Ezra Miller movie. They're holding Michael Shannon hostage in an Ezra Miller movie. They're just straight up holding Batgirl hostage. Oh my god. So, um... They've been sued about, by the way. Have they? Yeah. Who who sued them? This is uh, this is news to um, news. Who yeah, did the suings? Su- I don't know. Oh, I don't know if they have been sued by or if someone's bringing... Um, a lawsuit, a lawsuit into it. against them. Breaking news, uh, kind da, of. Da, 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 da. I just want to lean into the microphone real close. Yeah, while well, I'm looking at, oh, I, I, yeah, it, it's worth saying. Um, it, real close. Real close. This is just a secondary consideration. You know what I mean? Like entertainment is entertainment. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Entertainment's not worth the it life and safety matter. of individuals. Um, um, that's, the, that's the main thing with all of this. Whoever whoever is the real victim here, be it Jonathan Majors' partner, ex-partners, colleagues, friends, or even Jonathan Majors, whoever yeah. it is, we hope everything's done right by them and it can be you know, set in a direction where the people who need to heal can heal and the yeah. people who are slandering and slagging can be, you know, told Oi, you're not supposed to get away with that. Here's your punishment. Um, I must have misread a headline or something because I can't find anything about. You sure? You sure, darling? You sure? You sure? But yeah, and, but yeah. Like, you sure? You yeah. sure? You sure? Yeah, just. <sighs> hey, the Blue Beetle film looks fucking great, doesn't it? Yeah, it looks alright. Really? I'm pretty psyched. It's I, it's I, giving me yeah. live action Spider Verse vibes in terms of that like kind of bouncy family dynamic yeah, and everything. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. It's it's cool, cool. Put the books in it. I know. I just Ted Cord's costumes in it. I just, I just the villain Susan Sarandon, which you know, fair enough. I I, I just want. <laughs> just want my Batgirl movie. Yeah, same. <laughs> like, yeah. Blue Be- oh, no, Blue Beetle's gonna be cool. Blue it Beetle's does, gonna be cool. It does look pretty dope. But I just. I, and oh god, that ending is annoying. The ending of the trailer where George Lopez's character says, "Like it's like Batman, yeah, he's a fascist," has upset so many people. And it's like, why? Truth hurts, man. No, but also, it's like think about the character, where the character is in their life, what their observation from the ground level of that character is. Like, the, yeah, he's allowed to think that. It's a joke because it's like, oh my god, they're having like political like sort of arguments about Batman. Valid it's, political it's... concerns about the rich man who dresses up in and beats on the poor people nah uh, that's where uh, the nerd no that's uh, where the nerd that's uh, where the nerd uh, kicks uh, in uh, that's where the nerd uh, kicks in they don't know he's a rich person in fact they may not even know he's a person no they may think he's a they may think all, he's a, a giant bat all they know criminals. all they know is someone dressed in black with you know military expensive hardware, military hardware. beating the shit out of criminals who 
may not have any choice but to turn to a life of crime to burn, try and bring themselves out of poverty. <laughs> we like Batman, but like... The, I like Batman less the older I get <laughs> and the more left-wing I get. The, the how do we put it? The, the goofy, like, cops and robbers in the old school playground sense of Batman is the thing that holds the truest and the most fun. Yeah. The moment you start to think about stuff, you go, ah! which is why animated Funnily Batman enough, is the best Batman. Yeah. Um, when you start to think about these things, they fall apart. Yeah. Like an over-soaked trifle. Is this the episode where we just go, do you know what? All of this stuff's really depressing, actually. And we call it a day. I think it might be. Oh, God. Well, thanks for listening. Oh, God, uh, no, that, I, honestly, I did you see my reaction to the Blue Beetle trailer. Like, I'm just finding it harder and harder to get excited about things. Um, although it might be the fact that I'm exhausted because I've been a dad for nearly a year now. Yeah. Um, so I'm constantly exhausted. Which makes me wonder, you were talking before, like, what stuff you've managed to see recently. Yeah. You saw Shazam too. Sorry about that. Yeah, I've seen um, that really sucks because I love the first that one. That was a mistake. Everything I've heard about the second one just makes me go, nah, no thanks. It's not good. I'm, I'm fine, thanks. It's not good. Um, have you made, have you had a chance or made plans yet to see the Super Mario Bros. movie? No. Okay. Are you hoping to see it? Uh? See, I was, I was kind of hoping you'd finally be the person to convince me to give a shit about Mario. See, I've seen... And the... I know that's a controversial statement to 99% of the internet. I've seen the live-action Peaches video, and that's kind of all I need. The one where Jack Black's in a tuxedo with yeah. Bowser, sort of yeah. Disney-bounding colouring. He's in character as Bowser, but live-action. Okay. I can get behind that. Yeah. I don't... Uh. I don't... As weird as it sounds, like I've always liked Mario in the sense that everyone likes Mickey Mouse. Mickey doesn't really do anything. Mickey's no. very vanilla. Mickey's very safe. But people go like, oh yeah, Mickey Mouse. Mickey Mouse is all right, isn't he? He's all right. Seems like a nice guy. No, I, and then he's done nothing. I fucking love Mario games. But do I give a left testicle about the the mythology or the story or, or, the, or the sort of plot of any Mario thing? No! That's my, that's my worry about confessing that... And I'm, I'm sorry, but hi, everyone. Hi. It's just a platform game. Hi everyone. My name's my name's Chris and I don't really care about Mario. And that's when the AA group kicks me out. No, I, I mean don't get me wrong. I care about Mario as a gaming franchise, as like a, a series of really good platform games with occasional spin-offs into other genres, such as racing, sports, hell, even RPGs. I've played a little bit of Paper Mario and Paper Mario a Thousand Year Door, and they're pretty fucking good. Um um I should pay I should I should ah oh, Paper Mario's on Nintendo sixty four Switch. I should I get should on that play shit. That. Yeah, I played I've, a bit of it. I've a good just chunk never, of it, but I never finished it. I've just never got it. Like I, in terms of maybe it's because the Mario I own sort of stops at a certain point. Like I have no, I, it's I have not. Mario All Stars on SNES, so like I have that like first you know lost levels and everything, yeah. and I love them. I had Mario sixty four, sure, okay, but yeah. I was I was a PlayStation kid, so I was I was always thrown off by that the controller and its third stick and everything. Oh yeah, the controller sucks. So I, I never really fell in love with yeah. it through that. And the most recent Mario game I've owned is Mario Kart 8 on the Switch because it came with the Switch I bought for my wife. It's a good Mario Kart, but you've been uh, Crash Team Racing pill. I'm, I'm a Crash Team Racing kid. Um, so what are you going to do? I, I see everybody going, oh my God, it's everything I wanted it to be. And I'm so happy for them. I'm so happy for them. But I'm also so far removed from Mar giving a shit about Mario that I look at it and I go, 
yeah, but it's an illumination film. And I've probably... never enjoyed Illuminate. I've never See, enjoyed I, one. I have. I have enjoyed all of the Despicable Me and Minions films that I, I've seen. I which think the, is... the closest I came to enjoying them was the second Despicable Me. I saw that in the cinema. And that was mostly out of knowing how the sausage is made and being like, Al Pacino left this movie four weeks ago before it came out. Mm. They've had to recast and completely redub the villain. I have to see if this is pulled off. And it was. Yeah. It was done very well. And I think to this day, we still don't know in exactly why he left it that late in the game. Weird. Like he'd done press, early press. And it's like, huh? Very weird. Um, it's so strange. Like the only thing I could think of is maybe he just could not make the ADR for whatever reason. Mm. And they didn't want to get, oh, and they had like a, you can't just get an impersonator clause in or something. And yeah. they just went, well, we're going to have to recast the character completely. I don't know what it... Because then that could have peed him or his management off, and that's why it's the whole, he's away, he's removed himself from the project. Um, but apart from that, I've never liked a Despicable Me thing, really. I, I, I've seen and enjoyed the first two. I even like the first Minions movie quite a bit, actually. <laughs> um, I, I uh, like Garth Jennings, but I thought Sing was awful. Oh, uh, yeah, Sing, I'm not interested in but, at all. But I also don't like X Factor Britain's Got Talents of the Family. Yeah. It's basically a film of that. Like, um, the only time I will ever give a shit about a film where the plot is a talent show or, or, or a singing competition is if it's a Muppet thing. Like, yeah, the Muppets, and even then, I'm not fussed about Muppets Mayhem the moment I learned that the main human star is Lily Singh, who is painfully unfunny. And it's like, oh, but I love Dr. T. Whoops. Like, oh uh, my God. I think I'm going to, st- I think I'm going to knuckle down yeah, and just you gotta watch do it. You got to do it. I'll give, I'll give her the benefit of the doubt. Maybe she can turn me around. Maybe, but, she, maybe they'll know. give us some good material. Who knows? Maybe. Um, I mean, it's, a, yeah, Muppet, I it's mean, a Muppet thing, not a Lily Singh thing. For so. me, uh, yeah. I imagine if I did sit down and watch Singh, I'd probably have 90 minutes of good time. Yeah, um, I just don't. And I imagine Super Mario, I've heard Super Mario Brothers is much the same. Like, at, at base level, you're in for an entertaining, colourful 90 minutes kids film. Like, I, I, that's all right. And that's kind of all I want Mario to be anyway. Mm. Um, but am I in any rush to, to see it? particularly um i think some of the casting's inspired but i mean jack black as bowser is a okay that's interesting it's it's, it's perfect charlie day as luigi yeah apparently charlie day's very very good as luigi the the, the common thing i saw coming up was that seth rogan is shit in it seth rogan is just seth rogan (laughs) which is weird because like he's 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 so like like he's so disarmingly charming in interviews and stuff, like he seems like such a really fun, charismatic guy. And he's been great in roles that he's sort of like been involved in the production of and everything, the producing. Yeah. And he's a great film producer. Yeah. Like regardless of how you feel about the the recent Halloween trilogy overall, well made. Freaking well got made. made. You know what got I mean? made, you know. But like apparently he is just not good in it at all. Um yeah, yeah I just I I wish I cared. He's not done a lot of voice stuff, has he? Pumba. Uh, the he uh, did Monsters vs. Aliens, didn't he? That the Blob Monster. Isn't yes, it? yeah. Forgettable. So yeah, whatever. I don't know. Oh uh, yeah, I, yeah. Fine, Seth Rogen, maybe not a voice guy. Okay, cool. Maybe just maybe I'm just waiting for Across the Spider Verse. Maybe that's what I want maybe from an I, animated movie. Maybe I just don't care anymore. It's weird. What films it's not are that weird. what films are you psyched for this year? Well, I've still not seen John Wick Chapter 4. Oh my... Spoiler-free review coming right up. Right, i got to see it. Fuck. i got to see it. i got to see it. It's... Um, 
though it may not be your favorite, it is the best. It might be. My it's favorite. the best of I the four. Know. I've not seen it yet. It, um, it, it is it is the best of the four. I am... Like, I say that as someone who watched it, then we came home and immediately revisited the first one that same night. And I've realized that I think yeah. two is my favorite, yeah. but four is the best one. <laughs> you know, when you can have that okay. weird thing of, this is my fave, but this one is the best one. Yeah, all right, all right. I just I just fuck with this one a little more personally, but this one is... Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Um, two and the opening 20 minutes of three are like my happy place. <laughs> yeah, okay. Like that. the moment the giant fucking guy shows up and he's he's got the book. I'm nah, like, oh so no! Like I'm just yeah. That's so good. Beautiful. Um. Okay, so chapter four, but chapter still four. Coming, across the Spider Verse for me. I just I can't help across it. Spider Verse. That's that recent um, trailer was beautiful, and I, I am excited to see like all those visual stuff. Like the bit where I love that the so Spot is the antagonist. Mm. The villain is Spider Man 2099. Nice. At least in terms of like the one who's. Miles is, you know, the opposing force to Miles in the film. Um, and that shot where he's like attacking him on that thing that's fast moving and all the different visual styles are changing. Mm. And one of them is just the animatic. <laughs> like with, with sort of it's just co- clever, colour it? yeah. notes and everything. It's like, oh, oh, this is beautiful. It's very clever. It's beautiful. The one on the psychiatrist couch at the end crying. like, let me guess, your uncle's dead. <laughs> and then like all of them just burst through the wall. It's oh good god, including, um, what's he called? Widow, the horse, the spider horse. <laughs> so fucking weird. The, the toys um, are out in the states. Cyborg Spider Woman looks amazing. You know the one that's just a giant tank with the big cyborg arm. That's just a cannon. That's Cyborg Spider Woman. Fantastic. Bring it the fuck on. Um. <laughs> Actually, some of the stuff I'm actually more intrigued by is, is like the the weirder, uh, like some of the the, the less high profile horror stuff, so like Evil Dead Rise, which is out. Yeah, we we might be seeing that tonight, yeah, me and Lou, and and, and chances are, based on the conversation we had before this, we'll be seeing it again next week. Oh uh, yeah, okay, there we go. <laughs> um, uh, it's my favorite horror franchise tied with Child's Play. I want more Evil Dead in my life. Um, the the new adaptation <laughs> of Stephen King's Boogeyman. Uh, yeah, which trailers dropped for and looks really cool. Um, yeah. So there's that, and then there's things like stuff that's out that I haven't got around to seeing yet. So like Dungeons and Dragons, um, Honor Among, Among Thieves. Thieves, which look great, um, and it's apparently very good. Um, We're gonna try and catch Renfield at some point. Uh, yeah, Renfield. Week. I really want to see Renfield. Um, yeah. And probably Guardians Three. Yeah, it's weird. The press tour's just begun, but it's not come over here yet. No. So it kind of feels like it's on the quiet. It's but really it's, weird, it's, and it's, it's out in two round weeks. the corner. Yeah, yeah. but I haven't heard a lot. But yeah, I, I'm quite, I'm quite intrigued by Guardians Three. You caught the Marvel's trailer. Marvel's trailer looks interesting, but I'm like, yeah, it could be cool. Oh, I had, a, I, I had a much more hyperbolic reaction. I'm I was like, no, oh my god, this looks amazing. I'm just generally finding it hard to get excited about anything right now. That's, 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 that's just like. <laughs> what if it, what if I just edged you under the table while we're recording? Do you think you'd get a bit more excited? Yeah, I wouldn't get much out of it. I'll tell you that. For all every anyone knows, I'm already doing that. Yeah, it's entirely all, possible. I'm already... For all I know, you could be already doing it. I wouldn't notice. They they can see my arms here, but they can't see my feet. Yeah. Um, so it's on my prehensile tail. It's not much of an effect. I can tell you that. Um... <laughs> Everything's just numb. You're so neck you're, down. you're just rough. Uh, you're just really coarse. <laughs> Is it was it been sunburnt or something? Like, good lord. Um, so 
<laughs> oh, good lord. Um, um, yeah. I'm looking forward to that Secret Invasion show. Yeah. Does look good. Oh, that's interesting. Does the, look the good. The Ahsoka show. Yeah. That looks really cool. The stuff announced to Star Wars Celebration actually did tickle my pickle in a way I'm quite Even happy the, the about. Rey New Jedi Order stuff, I'm like, okay. Oddly, that's right. the thing I'm most intrigued let's just, by. Let's just push Rise of Skywalker aside. That's why I'm intrigued about it. And skip 15 years ahead and then do something else. That, oh, yeah, all right, cool, cool. That, that's fine, why it has fine. my attention because it's not Abrams. Yeah. It's someone else. And Daisy Ridley, you just know she was like, I don't want to do another one of these. For her to go, all right, okay, you have me. It's got to have been a good pitch. I have a, I have a theory. That it's a demon, a dancing demon. Oh, wait, something isn't right there. Not quite. Oh. But. It's a truck full of money. No, uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, no, so. As John Boyega said, you ain't Disney Plus in me. <laughs> I'm not getting Disney Plus. <laughs> And now yes. looking at the success of those shows critically and probably going, oh, maybe I'll take a little Disney Plus. Um, so. Andor's still the best one. The, oh, Andor's so fucking Andor season two, one. that's two years off, isn't it? Yeah. Which, you know, I'll, I'll wait. I'll wait happily. I have no choice. I, I won't be happy about it, but I will wait. Um, God, that's so fucking good. They confirmed um, as well, didn't they, that it ends as Rogue One begins. Yeah. It's like it will end with Cassian in that in that location where he bumps into Jyn Erso in Rogue One, yeah. So Rogue One is the finale of Andor. It's like that is fascinating. We're getting a show that's really grabbed people's attention and been excellently delivered and shot and everything. Something I enjoyed more about the Mandalorian series three is because I've noticed since Andor, there's been more location filming, mm. and you can feel it in Mando. We'll talk about Mando in a bit as well. Yeah, and and like. But that's the tactileness of the world has become yeah. so. It's so nice to see it again. Yeah. Mando series one using the volume and it was it called the volume, the echo, the volume, the volume. volume. Using that was brilliant, and and really opened up the sorts of things they could do on the budget they had. But now the budgets are growing. Yeah, get out there, go on locations like like um, what's what's the place that Grief Carga is in charge of? Navarro. Navarro, like that practical set, mm. amazing. Amazing, the town square, and it's like, are they just filming this at Galaxy's Edge? Did they just clear out Galaxy? <laughs> they just clear out Galaxy's Edge and redecorate it for a weekend. Oh my god! Like, because they could just do that if See, they what wanted you don't to. Don't know is that the entire series was CGI. But we'll get to that <laughs> anyway. So my theory about New Jedi Order. <laughs> yes, because it's called the New Jedi Order. Yes, there was a Legends novel series that shared that title. There is. Do you know what the Legends novel series was about? Uh, nope. So. Was it a new Jedi Order? It was about how the new Jedi Order coped with cope the invasion of an extragalactic threat, a race known as the Yuzhan Vong. Who... Green guys with the little Jafar beards no. and the big shoulders. No, that's a different era. Yes, that's a different era. Yeah, okay. Um, <laughs> who are a, a biotechnological race? Okay. Who have no presence in the Force. Oh, so they can't be felt. Their presence cannot be felt. You don't and want to get them for Christmas. So absolutely fuck the Jedi up. Um, okay. However, that deals with, you know, it's about 20 years after Return of the Jedi and it deals with the New Jedi Order as as founded and led by Luke with um, Anakin, Jason and Jaina uh, Organa Solo as... Key members of it. 
Yeah. Um, and, you know, that that's it's a long, it's like a 19-book series. However, the whole thing with the Yuzhan Vong is when, when they turn up, it's sort of revealed, retconned, that part of what... Um, well, the reason that Palpatine was building the Empire is because he knew they were coming. And one of the things that he had in place as part of the preparation for that was Grand Admiral Thrawn. Right. Who is a big player. Who is a big player. <clears throat> in all the upcoming stuff. In, in stories set between the original trilogy and the sequel trilogy yeah. with Lars Mikkelsen reprising the role in live action. Yep. Um, which is getting weirder and weirder the more I think about it, how many actors from the animation stuff are playing the live-action yeah. characters, but, but then others aren't, and you're like, why, though? Some good casting, um, though. Like, Rosario Dawson's very talented, but could you have not just given, like, Ashley Eckstein the, the Marvel trainers for a couple months and got her ready to play Ahsoka in live-action? She is a stage actor and then voice actor. Like, she could do it. She could do it. Yeah, good. Although she and Rosario seem to be very buddy now. Like, there's sort of a... There was never any animosity, but you could also imagine there was a bit of... Oh, there was a that's, great... my, that's my baby, and someone else is going to play my baby now. And they're just doing events now, stuff where they, they do photo ops together, and you're like, but yeah, they're, they're friends. They there was a great shot from the, the Star Wars celebration of someone in, in Ahsoka cosplay doing a photo op with Rosario Dawson and Ashley XD doing yeah. the Spider Man point. Yeah. <laughs> like, that was quite good. Um, <laughs> uh, so, so you think they're going to take from, from that and, and tie it into this stuff? Well, like, yeah, he's thrown about to become like the recurring Thrawn. big bad. Yeah. Yeah. But will um, Thrawn survive the events of Ahsoka slash the sequel trilogy? It doesn't matter Clones! so much. Clonage! Because what you can do is then tie Thrawn into the founding of the First Order, which they've started to do with Mando. Um, and then the First Order becomes what Palpatine was planning to stop the Vong. Or uh, they could do something completely different. But that, that, that's that's the title is very specific. And the longer these, the new continuity has gone on since 2015, the, the more, more they've drawn on in. the old yeah. continuity. And also, yeah. another interesting tidbit, there was a planned arc of the Clone Wars cartoon. I finished that recently, by the way. I finally yes. got around to watching I, the, Disney, finished, the Disney Plus run. Yes. That last uh, like, oh, five no, episode stretch I've not is incredible. I've watched season seven. Oh, right. Enjoy. So I've watched I've watched season six. Enjoy it is it's the best because it's the I, best of the show. I'm In its wa- look, its pacing, its script, it's yeah. I'm watching along with the more civilized age rewatch podcast. So they've done, <laughs> they've what a done, name for a Star Wars podcast! They've done all of Clone Wars up to the end of season six. Yeah, they've just covered the like the cancelled arc from season six that were released in different forms. So the sons of son of Dathomir comic, the Crystal Crisis on Utapau, sort of like released you know there's, you know there's trekkies version. listening to this now going i have no idea what you're talking yeah, about on a tribal level i know i know <laughs> and um the dark disciple novel yes then next they're gonna do solo okay and then yeah. they're gonna go into rebels yeah i've i've restarted my watch of that yeah. now that so that I'm, I'm about to start rebels when they when they get there um because i've watched some of it but not but anyway Clone Wars, i was, was gonna a... say Clone Wars series sevens before rebels isn't it yeah, yeah. yes but they're going in Pseudo release order, right? Got you. Okay, yeah. so they'll go back to Clone Wars to do the yeah. same. Okay, they're, they're doing. I'll solo just say you're in for a fucking treat when you get to that last stretch. Because Solo takes place before um, Rebels, 
but well, after Revenge of the Sith because the Empire were already established. Yeah, but they did. But also they did. They did Revenge of the Sith before they did the Clone Wars cartoon proper. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. They did all yeah. three prequel movies. Yeah, yeah. yeah then yeah. did Clone Wars one to six. They're doing Clone Wars seven after Rebels because it is in conversation with yeah stuff that is happening around the same around time, the same release which area. is yeah Mando and um. Uh, the sequel trilogy and uh, Tales of the Jedi and all that stuff. Speaking so, of Rebels, did you, see, did you see live action Chopper at Star Celebration? <laughs> I love that they've kept him dumpy. Yes. They've kept him dumpy. Yes. I love it. Um, so, and they've not just gone, no, that was a stylization choice. Make him the normal size of an astromac. They've gone, no, he's dumpy. <laughs> he's a little dumpy astro droid. There was a planned He must arc. look like a short king next to R2. There was a planned arc. Of Clone Wars, which never got past the pre-production stage, of Obi Wan taking Jazzercise, Anakin and Obi Wan encountering a Yuuzhan Vong scouting party. So th- this would have been them meeting this threat from much later, as most early sort of like okay, and they wouldn't have known what it was going to lead to. They're just like, oh, that was a strange blah and, blah blah, and it, and it might have only ended up being a, a little <laughs> nod to the Legends continuity rather than being a. A tease of something later to come. And hey, the Yuuzhan Vong might be forever consigned to legends, as many things are, and probably should be. But, they might Press F in that. the chat to show your respects to Mara Jade. Press F to show respects to Mara Jade. Um, who, Mara Jade's who, great. Who, el- who else watched the, um, <laughs> the, uh, the Ahsoka trailer and thought, are they going to do Heir to the Empire? But like, swap out Mara Jade for a different character. Yeah. That's Mara Jade. That's that older Jedi. Are they doing Yoris to both here? And is this like going to be a, a sail down version of Air to the Empire off in its own little corner of the post return of the Jedi? Who knows? Because that was Thrawn's original introduction into the into the canon. It was. It was Air to the Empire. Um, so, yeah. How, how much of the, that Air to the Empire trilogy are they going to take from that? We'll see. Uh, speaking of Star Wars, minor spoilers. We'll keep it minor just in case. Cause no, we're, this, this, no, this is within the week after, so I don't want to unload just in case. Minor spoilers for the Mandalorian <laughs> Series 3 and its finale. Um, finale! This series was weirdly polarizing online, but when I say weirdly polarizing, I mean there were three camps. There were, I'm really enjoying this season. There was my camp, which was enjoying this for the most part but some stuff's kind of just i don't know i don't know what it is but some stuff's just losing me and then there was the other camp which was lizzo bad show jump shark why about girl mandalorian i um, fell firmly into the first camp yeah you, you you had a gay old time like fred flintstone himself fred, like fred flintstone and barney when they're in rock vegas viva la they, rock vegas they, they never speak of again they never they never must didn't they put the fucking... What's the alien called? Because they put him in that film, didn't they? I've never seen Viva Rock Vegas, and I have no intention of doing so. Well, that's I've a future episode. That's a future I've episode. Seen pictures of Mark Addy and Stephen Baldwin as Fred Flintstone and... Uh, um, Barney Rubble. Barney Rubble, and have no desire to see anything further, because that's all I needed. Okay, well, we're definitely going to watch it now. Um, Shit. Yeah, <laughs> you know the little green alien in the later Hanna Barbera shows where they sort of go uh, and they just change the formats or add a random character like Scrappy yeah. Doo. In Flintstones, there was this green alien, cool that just started observing, essentially like documenting early man was Ancient the aliens, idea. Yeah. 
and and then they put him in Viva Rock Vegas. So cool. if you watch the Flintstones film and Viva Rock Vegas and take them as this one's this one and this one's a prequel to this one, it means Barney and and Fred have met an alien. It's like what? <laughs> it's so weird. Um, Why not? It's my favourite Dark Pictures anthology, Viva in, Rock Vegas. What happens in Rock Vegas stays in Rock Vegas. Good Lord. Um, but Mando Series 3, I, I'm I'm in the second camp. The stuff that kind of lost me... What lost you? ...was the Mandalore stuff, which was the main arc of the I series. I fucking love the Mandalore And I'll, I'll tell you why, though. It's just, it's just me. It's honestly all me. It's not the show. I I struggled to get through Clone Wars when Mandalore became the main topic. Yeah, I liked the Mandalore Clone Wars stuff as well. So there we go. Yeah. yeah. And for me, I it's, was there for it. For me, it, I think it's I'm bored of watching fundamentally archaic and mostly wrong religious people go, we have to reclaim this. If the story wants me on their side, I'm like, I just can't get on their side. I think. I think they need to move on. I think they're boring. You know what I mean? Ah. And and so when that stuff overrode it, I was like, like in Book of Boba Fett, aka Mandalorian season 2.5, when when he went back to the armor and stuff, and it was like, you've got to go and do this to reclaim your name. Yeah. I was like, why do you want their approval, Din? These first two series have shown that they are no good for you. Yes, you feel you owe their clan because they raised you. But you have other responsibilities now and other other objectives in your life. And also the way the show does the whole, you must never take off your helmet. It's like, motherfucker took his helmet off to eat soup. Like, we've we've seen him do it. It's don't take your helmet off in front of other people should be the rule. Surely. It, it is. And then in this series, they explain that by yeah. like, how do you all eat? We literally sit at the campfire and we turn the fuck away from each other to eat our food. Don't even turn away from each other. Just leave. Yeah, it's just like, oh... And okay. the, the person who they like the most gets to stay by the fire. So they don't have to eat in the fucking dark. Just Which I love. But you know what I mean? It's one of those where it's like, that's an interesting like aspect of their culture and law, but yeah. also I just look at it and I go, yeah, but you're all archaic and wrong. No, ah, ah, all right, here's the thing. This is <laughs> so I know it's me, I know so, it's me, I know it's so me. So <laughs> in terms of the Clone Wars stuff, the archaic and wrong people were the, the, death, the death Watch under pre Vizsla. Um, yeah, so the, and this, this was part. Yeah, and this was the ones who took off their helmets yeah. and were like basically sort of re- rebel factions. Well, they they wanted causing, to return yeah. the, the uh, Mandalore to its to its um, warrior culture as opposed to the more pacifistic culture that had been imposed by Satine Kreese, who was the ruler at the time and also the sister of Bo-Katan. Um It ended up backfiring because they teamed up with Darth Maul to take back Mandalore, and, and Darth, Maul Darth Maul basically takes over Mandalore and kills uh, previous At which point. Uh, Bo-Katan goes, ooh, yeah, that was probably a bad idea. Uh, I'm fucking out of here. Um, yeah, and then, and then again, <laughs> no spoilers, that story finally gets concluded in season seven. And also picks up in Rebels. Yes, it does. Yeah. Um, which is also the end of Maul's story. Yes, which is why when everyone yes. was like, I hope he shows up in Obi-Wan, I'm like, I hope he doesn't. Because, <laughs> because when he shows up in Rebels, it's like a year or two before the events of yeah, the original totally. movie and it's the perfect conclusion to the Obi-Wan yeah, Maul story. Totally. So do not, don't you fucking don't, dare don't, bring him into Obi-Wan. Don't go there. Um, um, so, yeah. uh, maybe season two. No! Um, no, no, it's not on him. I have mixed thoughts on Obi-Wan, but mostly positive. It was uh, fine. It, it would have been better if it were a three-part miniseries. Yeah. It would have been more streamlined. and. Uh, I, it, but it was also just nice to spend time with McGregor in that role, so yeah. I'm not, I'm not and, knocking it. And uh, precocious little 
Child Leia stole my heart. She was great. She's so good. She was wonderful. Um, so um, and Vader was scary. Yeah, he was. He was really scary. Um, and the Inquisitor was a fun villain. Yes, like it was nice to sort of see that uh, an early version of Kylo Ren in terms of this person is here. They have their own feelings about this, and they will lose their temper. It was like yeah. this is good. Totally. Like why not? You know, uh, I, I enjoyed Obi Wan, but like. Same. Yeah. Um, oh, Mandalorian yeah. the, culture. You were you uh, were into that shit. Yeah, I was into that shit. The, the, <laughs> but, but they they were the bad guys. Yes. Uh, Bo-Katan's Bo- like, were the villains. Un, you know, unambiguously the bad guys. Mm. Um, but Bo-Katan's lot was sort of the villains, as it were. But then, like the the the, the, the sort of the strict Mandalorians, like ruling with Maul and everything, that sort of turned it around. And yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Um, Basically, it got complicated and political and scary. So the children of the watch are an offshoot of that. Yes, they are. So I'm just checking. I'm just checking my memory cards. So I'm an old man. We're all good. I'm an old man. Um, I'm an old man. What? Now I I totally get. For those listening along at home, I just dropped my pants. I totally get. Oh, why is Din trying to appease this children of the watch cult that starts season three? What have they ever done for him? But then I also get. Why Bo-Katan finds it so appealing, and sort of joins it because she's lonely. Yeah, it's and a set, it's a nothing, sense of home and belonging. She's got nothing left, and Din it's all he's ever known. Even though he know, he, he probably deep down knows. Oh, I I don't need to do this. Yeah. He wants to do it because it, yeah, that's home for him. But then what happens is the armorer gets it. Yeah, and she's like. That that's when it we turned need me around to compromise. again. That's we when need it, to compromise. Yeah. That's when it turned me around um, again. Yeah. It's like we should be together because it means we will be home. Now she like, may have yeah. only done that because of the mythosaur thing, or that was just the thing that made her realize we can go, we can we can compromise and go home. We don't have to enforce our version of the way on all Mandalorians because. At the, at the as, root as of Bo it, we're all put, Mandalorians. As Bo beautifully puts it in the penultimate episode, the only the biggest enemy of Mandalore has always been themselves. Yeah, they've always totally. fought. They've always found division. Always, always. But when we are together, we are unstoppable. Yeah. Um, we, yes. <laughs> which, which is which, and that's when it won me back around because the message of the series has always been about not being a lone wolf. Yeah. Finding family, looking out for each other. Um. So, like, the fact that that then carried into the Mandalorian yeah. thing, I was like, okay, you have me. And the taking thing that precedence kept... over their weird religious dogma, like... Yes, that was that was when it won me back. Yeah. That during that two-part finale, I was like, you've got me. Yeah. Prior to that, my favourite episodes had been the two standalones. And by standalones, yeah. I mean the one where it was, we're literally just going to have some celebrity guests and do a droid story because Ace. it was a fun, it was a fun, it was, it was the first episode Ace. of this series to me that felt like, well, maybe the first episode of the series as well, but like, it was one of the few, this series that felt like series one of yeah. go to place. Yeah. I need thing. Oh, but first, can you do that? I don't mind that. Cause it's, it's Fetch a lone, quest. it's yeah. a lone wolf and cub. They yeah. go from town to town doing their thing. Um, so I really liked that one. And I thought the guest turns were sweet and fun. And it was like, yeah, fuck it. Why not? Um, I love the fact we got battle droids. Yeah. I love the fact that the dude who's been voicing Grievous and the battle droids for years is still voicing the battle droids. I like the battle droid, uh, the the droid bar, like the droid bar. Is so some good. great ideas in there. But my favorite, I think, still my favorite episode of the series was the 
one with the scientist. That was so good. Episode three, where it was that like... That was so good. Oh, Din and Grogu and bo Yeah, fuck them. We'll check, up, also, we'll check in with them in the last two minutes. You're going to spend the next 50 minutes with random scientist guy from the clone lab being reintegrated and showing what the um, the Republic did after they were like, right, not everyone worked for the Empire because they were a bastard. And even the ones who did, we have to give them a chance. It's the Star Wars version of Operation Paperclip. Yeah. It was it was fascinating the way they yeah. did it. And the way that like one of them, the... the, the the uh, what was she? She was a navigator. Elias Kane. Yeah, was working the entire time for Gideon. Oh yeah, and and that's why I love so. The, again, we'll keep the spoilers vague, but the finale being: look, here's what he's learned. Here's where his priorities are now, and here's the real reason why he's uh, like, don't let him name Mandalore because yeah. he's been fucking using it the entire time yep. as the backup slash like denouement of his plans yeah uh we got a hooks relative potentially his dad it is his dad brilliant if you've read any of the sort of early newy you stuff you'll have i've started i've got there's a trilogy isn't there the one set immediately yeah i've I've read the first one so was that him brendel hooks turns up in aftermath yeah there we go it, there it, we go. It's, it's and the way he plays him was like it was like a slight Domhnall Gleeson impersonation, which is like, well done. It's his brother. It's his older brother. There we go. <laughs> that's why. Wait, who play, who's actually playing it? Who's playing him? Oh, that's genius. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so good. That. Mm. <laughs> God, they know what they're doing. They know what they're doing. They know what they're doing. Um, uh, yeah, the, the notion of like, oh, the Snoke clones. Yeah. Someone's going to get around to like the Palpatine and Snoke stuff later. But that's not what Gideon's been taking no, the research no, no. for. Was a very nice kind of, look, we know that you all like piecing it together, but we also know that you all would groan if it was like, and it's Snoke. So we're not giving you Snoke. But it's probably we're giving you something it. much more fun. And the way that his Mandalorian inspired uh, Imperial armor was sort of a way to give... Giancarlo Esposito yeah. a Vader look. Yeah. Be like, come on, let him be, be let him in, be hands yeah. on. It's yeah, it's fucking cool. Like he was su- he was fucking great at the end of season one when he just his presence alone was the Oh my god, who's this guy? Holy yeah. shit, he's brought like a thousand stormtroopers with him. What yeah. is going on? But now it's at the stage where he's like, no, he's angry enough that he wants to punch the living shit out of out of Din. He wants to punch the living shit out of Bo Katan. Like he wants to do it. He's earned it, as far as he's concerned. Um, Grogu is baby. Grogu is baby. A big baby. No squeezy. Yes. Yes. Um, yes. <laughs> yes. 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 I, I dug it. I want it to be the end now. I think that's the perfect place to leave. I don't think we'll be seeing Din and Din Grogu for a little bit. Yeah, I, I, I don't want it to be the last time we see the characters, but I think The Mandalorian is finished now. I well, think a neat little bow, and if people don't want to follow them beyond this, and this is their ending, it works perfectly. Well, there's a couple of things to that. Yeah? Oh. One is that, the brush was said, the Mandalorian no longer refers specifically to Din Djarin. No. So who is it then? Bo? Din Grogu? There you go. Why not? Um, <laughs> so if we do get more Mandalorian, I don't think it'll focus on Din. Second thing, there is scuttlebutt from behind the scenes that Pedro Pascal was getting pretty unhappy during season three. 
partly because he wasn't there for a lot of it because he had to film Last of Us, mm-hmm. but also because of the way Kathleen apparently Kathleen apparently Kathleen Kennedy. Oh God, no! We're two white guys talking about Kathleen Kennedy. Does this automatically um, mean we've become one of those podcasts? Apparently, the plot. Oh God! What John Favreau and Dave Filoni wanted to do was to have the 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 Din and Grogu stuff from Book of Boba Fett as part of season three. Yeah. Well, Kathleen Kennedy forced them to put it in Book of Boba Fett. So Pedro was just sort of unhappy about yeah, the way and that's the vision of the relationship. Okay, um, so I think she has made some odd decisions. Like the thing is, she's fucking good at her job. She's been around since Indiana fucking Jones. Like she knows yeah. what she's doing. But having worked she? in the creative, <laughs> having worked in the Does creative arts, we know that sometimes the people who make the money or use the money or wield the money don't always make the best decisions. Don't always make the best decisions um, creatively. Yeah. Um. So. Yeah, no, I could, I could imagine that, like, if she insisted on that, because that also is like, I don't think Boba Fett's going to be strong enough to pull in an audience, so we have to bring Mando stuff into it. And I do think that Boba Fett suffered for having that jammed in the middle of it. Yeah, like if it was just a, we catch Mando in the middle of a thing and he joins Boba for a mission. Yeah, and then in series three of Mando, we see his side of that. That would have worked fine. But it wasn't that. It was now the Boba Fett show is about Luke Skywalker and Ahsoka and Grogu and Din Djarin. It's like, what? Yeah, it's huh? weird. Weird. Yeah. Um, I mean, Hence why we called it Mandalorian yeah. season two point five. And it's my least favorite bit about that show. On re- in retrospect, like it's it's fun TV, but it doesn't quite. It just doesn't do anything for Boba Fett, unfortunately. Sorry, I'm suddenly very paranoid about the memory card. It should be fine. But, Why are you uh, paranoid about the memory card? I don't know. I for those listening along, I'm looking at the camera because, uh, yeah, we've we've gone longer on episodes before. We've recorded for much longer, yeah, totally. and there's not been an issue. So yeah, I don't know why I'm worrying. I've got, I'm paranoid. See, I'm I'm in a weird. If I seem tetchy, it's because I start a new part time job tomorrow. Apparently, as of this recording, tomorrow. But I've my right to work's cleared, and I've yeah. not been I've not been contacted since I got told I got the job. I've, I've I've joined the employee gateway online. Yeah, but there's no like inbox on that. There's just like basic details, putting your national insurance, things like that. Yeah, and it says on there what my wage is, my my per annum, which obviously part time. So it's, you know, like it's it's a part time wage. Yeah, it's a part time wage. In a minute, I'm earning a small amount of money. Um, <laughs> but like, it also says what the start date is, and it's tomorrow, and I've heard nothing. And yesterday evening, I walked to the job and I walked in. And I was like, "Can I talk to somebody?" Because I'm just, I just want to double check that I'm not going to get a phone call on on Saturday. Going, where are you? Like, because I've not been told, like, you know, dress or anything like that. Big like, boy nothing. jobs don't phone you up if you don't turn up; they just fire you. I know, right? And that's what's annoying because I'm like, well, I've not been given a time or anything. <laughs> Because the date might not be first day on the job. It might just be start of employment. Mm. They'll get in touch on that day and be like, we're going to do your induction on Monday. Could you come in at this time? Yeah. Like, it could be that. But I don't know. So I showed the initiative. I went in. They they buzzed head office. And then head office went, well, we've got your number, so we'll call you. You know, Thanks for coming in to check. But like, here I am on this recording going, they're going to call during this. I just know it. Call during this. And if they do, I'm not going to answer because I'm busy. They had two weeks to call me. No, you should answer. I'll, no, I'll no, 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 no. I'll, I'll do the same That's dance. what voicemail is for. But the last time they left me a voicemail, which was when they were trying to get me for the second interview, they said, I uh, we just want to get in for a second interview uh, on this day, not time, nothing else. Call us back and let us know if you can make it. Thanks. They called me on a no caller ID number. So I couldn't call it back. 
So I use my initiative. I call the location from Google. And it takes me to an automated thing, which is opening times one option. Talk to a member of the team, second option. Choose second option. Yeah. And it tells me to go to the website to email in any queries. So again, I had to go to the job <laughs> and ask them, Hi, I just want to know, like, am I coming in on that day? I, can't, I just want to confirm that I can, but I just need to know the time. So they confirm it then and there. So I'm worried that they're going to call. So what they should do is call, say, hi, yeah, uh, we'll try again a bit later, but basically Saturday, come in this time, this time, whatever. Yeah. If they don't, I'm going to have to go in this evening and go, right. What do you want from me? Uh, but what you want from us is not do this shit. Do you want shit. blood? What you clearly I'll want. i give you blood! What you lot clearly want. You right there? No. Oh. What you lot clearly want is more Spider-Man spin-off movies. Yeah! That's what you'll be wanting. I know that's what you want. That's why we've commissioned Venom 3, which is in production soon. The co-screenwriter of Venom 1 and the full screenwriter of Venom 2. Us, personally. Yeah. Have commissioned Venom uh, 3. She, she's now directing. She's directing Venom 3. Sure. Venom 3 has been directed by the screenwriter because, you know, the scripts were just so good. Sure. Um, Works for Blade Trinity. You know what I mean? Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Truly, some motherfuckers are always trying to escape uphill. Um... <laughs> Morbius mobbed his way into cinemas twice Ooh, last year. That they, proving that Sony don't understand jokes. And yet somehow he's going to make more money than Shazam Fury of the Gods. They're about the same. To be fair, it's because Shazam pulled itself from cinemas and went to VOD three weeks after release. Yeah, because it's pants. If man. it had stuck around in cinemas a tiny bit longer, it might have made at least a few hundred like grand more. No, because the there was no run. sort of like... There was like Easter what, holidays and shit. Yeah, but what Shazam, Fury, stuck around the, longer. What Shazam Fury of the Gods doesn't have that Morbius did have is... Matt Smith dancing to have It also has stiffer competition from other movies. In terms of what's audience. Yeah, Dungeons and Dragons uh, and, and Mario in the yeah, same period. Not a fucking chance, man. Yeah. Uh, Mario's multi-billion dollar movie at this point. Um, uh, but also, there was a curiosity factor to Morbius because it was, it was like, is it really that bad? Is it really that bad? I have to find out. And the thing is, everyone found out on the first time yeah. it was available... Exactly. So when Sony re-released it, everyone who'd already watched it for the memes didn't go to re-watch it for the memes. There isn't that sort of... They pirated... That, that crowd had pirated it yeah. by that point, so they could make clips. There isn't that sort of um, curiosity word of mouth for Fury of the Gods, because it's, it's bad, but not in an interesting way. Ah, it's bad. I've just received an email. My induction date is on Wednesday. There we go. Hey! I've got a free weekend. Woo! I'm not getting paid, but it means I can go to the cinema tonight and not worry about bedtime. Um, so that's good. Oh, bedtime. Um, <laughs> you don't have to worry about bedtime anyway. Uh, Do you think they heard me in this podcast that isn't released till next week? Yes, definitely. Uh, read it later. We'll go this <laughs> uh, So, yeah, Shazam doesn't have... The Fury of the Gods, uh, specifically, because like, Shazam's great. But Fury of the Gods doesn't, doesn't have that... Um, yeah, that fascination, word of mouth factor that Morbius did. What are you talking about? Just... Zachary Levi did his absolute best to make sure everyone was talking about the movie for all the right reasons. It's just not... There's nothing about the movie 
that's interesting. There's, hey. there's some stuff about the production that might be interesting, but the actual movie on screen... Well, David F. Sandberg. It's, it's bad. This is, I'm done with superhero movies for now, he says, during the press tour for Shazam 2. Yeah, fine, because but that's done but with you, dude. Like, but, that, but that's very telling. It's yeah. like, why would you say that? Like, you'd go, I've had an amazing time. What's next? Well, I'm going to try and something out with something a little bit different yeah. next. But it's, I'm done with superhero movies for now. Why would you word it like that? You made a great one. Go back to doing weird horror movies. Go, go back to doing weird little horror shorts with your wife on YouTube. I, I don't care. I honestly look. Great. I honestly look forward to seeing whatever he directs next. Yeah, I, yeah. Like I, I really like him as like a director. Like David S. Sandberg. There are yeah. many problems with this. Uh, with Fury of the Gods, I don't necessarily think that David F. Sandberg is the one that caused them all. Is his direction amazing in it? The movie's just a bit crap, so it doesn't really matter. Like, you can direct the shit out of a bad script, but you still can't hide that it's a bad script. Yeah, and, uh, and there are. Or you can direct the shit there. out of your actors, but if there is one who does not get the assignment, it will stick out. Yeah, and and then uh, hey, like, <laughs> there are actors in, um, oh, in really Gods who understand the assignment. Digimon Honsu. Oh, yes. My cat meowed in excitement. Oh, yes. The not dead one, in case you're wondering. There is one actor in Fury of the Gods who does not understand the assignment, and it's the person you least expect and least want to not understand the assignment in a movie where they're the fucking lead. Um, there we go. <laughs> but how can Angel, Angel Asher mess it up? He's only in it for six minutes. Oh, wait. That's how they messed it up, by only having Angel Asher in it for six minutes. It's one of the many reasons they messed it up. Do you know how but, you turn this around? You don't do a third one, but you meld that continuity later by having Angel Asher just play Shazam. Do you know how Shazam Fury of the Gods ends? I've seen enough online to know that... Spoiler alerts for a movie you didn't see, folks. He dies and then is resurrected like it's no big deal by a big celebrity guest cameo from Justice League. Do you know who the big celebrity guest cameo is? Yes. Because they spoiled it in a TV spot two days before the film came out. Gal Gadot it's... is in the movie. Or Gal Gadot is in five shots and the body doubles in the other shots. And she just shows up, uses the staff of um, Atlas or whatever. Because she has the power of the gods. Solomon or whatever. like, And just resurrect. Billy is buried and Shazam crawls out of Billy's grave. Yeah. 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 yeah, that's a thing. And then they do a joke about him wanting to bang Wonder Woman. Yep. But there is a quite a funny one earlier in the movie where he's having a dream about Wonder Woman. And when you finally see her face, it's uh, the wizard's face. <laughs> because he's trying to communicate. I don't know about you, but that's, I think that is still sexy. Because he's trying to communicate with Billy through his <laughs> dreams. So he, because he, he can't re-manifest in the model. There's a whole he, thing. He ruins a sex dream, basically. Yeah. Or, like a, or enhances like it. A smooching dream. Because it's, it's it's still a PG thirteen. Um, yeah, doesn't doesn't one of the characters smooch someone who's thousands of years old and he's underage? So the villains Shazam Detour two. The villains are three goddesses. Yes, Helen Mirren, also, Lucy Liu, and um, Rachel Ziegler from West Side Story. Yeah. Ah, okay. Who have you know obviously. Looking at the actresses, have a mother maiden crone thing going on. With, you know, it feels wrong to call Helen Mirren a crone, but. Um, no, but like they've got yeah. that thing of older one, much older one, younger one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Rachel Ziegler is, is, is the main one, and the first time you meet her, she is 
posing as a student at the high school to try and get to Shazam and ends up kind of flirting with Freddy to get him to give up information, but also kind of falls for him at the same time. Yeah, yeah. The, the, re- because... the, re- the reverse liar revealed story trope. Yeah, 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 totally, totally. And then ends up being the 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 one who... To, the, the actual and I villain. guess the idea is that thing of, like, she's still technically a teenager because yeah. that's what she physically is, but it's like, yeah, but she's also thousands they of years old. They joke about that in the film. Oh! Like, particularly with his foster parents going, this feels weird. Yeah, but that's all they do. That's all they just joke about. Uh, but the actual <sighs> villain is Lucy Liu. <clears throat> okay, like the other two sisters end up helping out the Shazam family towards the end. Um, but how does this tie into the Sony Spider-Man cinematic universe? <laughs> Big damn challenge, motherfuckers! Uh, I set Matt a task the other day, and I I've, do I've done it myself. Oh god! Well, I've done it myself. I did. I did a bit of it. So basically, I did. I did the bare minimum. Early, I didn't even do the bare minimum. Earlier this week, Bad I, Bunny, the rapper, didn't even, yeah. was asked, "How's El Muerto going?" Now, for those who are like, "What the fuck's El Muerto?" Don't worry. So's Bad Bunny and everyone working on the El Muerto movie. El Muerto is an upcoming Sony Pictures superhero film about a Mexican wrestler with super strength who has featured in, to my knowledge, two Spider-Man stories. I own one of them. It's in Friendly Neighborhood Spider-Man from 2007, 2008. It's the, oh shit, El Muerto, how have you been story? Like he just randomly shows up in a story and helps Spider-Man defeat like the actual villain of the story. But prior to that, he and Spidey fought. Oh my God, so... The Spider-Man wrestler is he the wrestler Spider-Man fight? No, no, he's not. He's not. No. He's not important. He's not like the wrestler from Spidey's career. No. He's not Boonsaw or Crusher Hogan. Or, you know, <laughs> he's, he's none of those. He's none of those wrestlers, right? Crusher Hogan with his weirdly featureless face from Amazing Fantasy uh, Fifteen, <laughs> and then later on, whenever they draw him, he looks like Crusher Creel, and it's yeah. like, why does he look like Crusher Creel? Oh, <laughs> there was a th- well, there was a thing for a while of like maybe it was the Absorbing Man, and uh, like before he was the Absorbing Man, it's like no, I think he just drew another. Bald guy with a slightly pointy head in also, a unitard. Also, Crusher Creel a boxer. That's probably why. I don't know. Maybe he fought battling Jack. No, don't I have to disconnect everything. Unless you're Sony. Because for some reason, El Muerto is one of the films that is in pre-pre... According to Bad Bunny, pre-pre-pre-production. Uh, but has a penciled-in release date of early 2024 as of this recording. They better get fucking working on it then, aren't they? So, El Muerto... Craven the Hunter, which is coming out later this year, apparently. Um, and They must have filmed that already, then. Uh, yes. That must be in the can. Reshoots would still have to be done, but it, it's it's in the can. Yeah, the, the bulk of... Oh, yeah, no, they have, because I saw some casting for that while I was doing research for this. Yeah, yeah and, and as we um, know, Craven continues the tradition of Venom. Yeah. Where Venom is about Venom, but nothing to do with Spider-Man, and the villain is evil Venom. Um... Then Venom Let There Be Carnage, which has nothing to do with Spider-Man, where the villain is evil Venom. And then we have Morbius, which has nothing to do with Spider-Man, except it's something to do with Spider-Man, I think. Um, Where the villain is... Are you ready for this? The Morbius villain is... Evil Morbius. Evil Morbius. Uh, The upcoming Craven film... Have sex! Uh. The upcoming Craven film 
is a film about Craven that has nothing to do with Spider-Man, where the villain is Evil Craven. Seriously, is the it- villain is another hunter from a from a story in the nineties who Craven has to defeat for reasons. But we'll also have the chameleon in it. Apparently. Because chameleon- But will he be the chameleon? Or will he be the chameleon in the same way all the other characters that popped up in Venom and Morbius and well, that are just name only? Yeah, is basically. he the chameleon or is he just um Craven's brother? Yeah. Who happens to be the chameleon in the comics? That's the, that's the question. Yeah, I just uh... Which which I'll cover that in a sec. But um Oh well. Um and we also have Madam Webb starring Dakota Johnson and some other actors who've been cast, which is What is Madam Webb? Well, by the sound of it, it's a Spider-Woman movie about Julia Carpenter's Spider-Woman, but it's not. Because So they're using so, the Madam Web name. Well, maybe. For the current Madam Web before she was Madam Web. Because Madam for those 90s animated series Spider-Man fans will definitely remember Madam Web because she it was, was created uh, for that. She yeah. wasn't a comics character until later on. Yeah, it was uh oh, what was her name? Stanley's wife. Joni. Joni. So it was Joni Lee voiced her, and she did a great job, actually. I I I really hate that animated series. I think it's awful. But Madam Web was cool. But it was it was a gateway for a lot of people of our age to Spider-Man, so I I get it. Yeah. For me, the PlayStation 1 game was the better version of that gateway. Um Yeah. We're shouting out to the whole big rotten apple here, people. Oh my god, look at all these people watching Venom on the, the screen at Times Square. I mean, it's just Spider-Man on the rooftop, but all these people. Um, I love that game Can't so get much. Through the fog. Um, I love that game. I still have nightmares about the the, the um, Carnage Oc, Monster Oc chase at the end. It's like the worst uh, boss encounter in any game. My least favourite type of level is like Crash Bandicoot run away from Boulder toward camera levels. Yeah, yeah. And that's the entire final boss sequence of Spider-Man the video game. Um, it's horrible. Um, but, uh, although it's got the best remix of the theme ever, the like the sort of the the club music meets um, oh, yeah, reggae yeah. version. <laughs> it's mm. so good. But anyway, um, yeah, Madam Web is the old sage psychic good. lady who exists on the web of life and destiny, uh, which has been tapped into a lot more in recent comic books with events like Spider Verse and everything. And uh, Madam Web is like, I sort of see visions of the future and blah blah blah. And um, yeah, uh, in recent years, Madam Web, I think it was in Grim Hunt. Madam Web is killed, or, or or something like that. Madam Web is killed. Julie Carpenter becomes the Julie Madam Carpenter, Web. the second Spider Woman, the one that the black and white spider design came from before the black suit. True. Um, she becomes Madam Web. She uh, Madam Web dies, and Julie Carpenter starts having these visions, and she realizes, oh shit, it's me now. Like it's now my it's now my fate, it's my destiny. But she's become a more kind of. Uh, hands-on Madam Web since. Like, she's not meant to interfere, but she can guide people. She's living in New York. She's still going around doing her uh, stuff, but then she's being all clandestine and quiet the rest of the time. And, you know, like, her adopted daughter's, like, sort of trying to help her out with it all and everything. So she's not, like, an old shriveled lady sat on a chair in the middle of a dimension going, like, Spider-Man, I've had this vision. Like, she's a bit more hands-on. It seems like they're doing that, kind of. But Madam Web's not, a lead character in any way so it's odd it's weird not yet but then there's also silver and black which is <sighs> something that's been in production for years which is a silver sable and black cat movie so the lead of them two really cool characters who fans fucking love but what do they have to do with each other chris they're both in spider-man and spider-man's been in both of them. no uh spider-man and silver sablanova have never had sex spider-man and black cat 
are currently having sex. Um, but the point is, these characters are interesting, like Craven, like Morbius, like Venom, in their relation to and reaction to Spider-Man and his world. Mm. And yet Sony is insisting... Because they could put a Spider-Man in these films. They could. It doesn't have to be Tom Holland. It can't be Tom Holland at the moment. But they could just they could go, Andrew Garfield, you're going to be Spider-Man in these movies. We're going to pay you this money. Here's your here's the level of creative control you have over it. They could cast a brand new Spider-Man. And that Spider-Man exists across their villain films. And then do like a finale where it's their movie. They could do they that could. if they wanted. They could. Wait for it. <laughs> do Miles Morales. They could. They legit just could do that. They could. Will they? No. no. Because they're cowards. Which is why we're here to help, Sony. Yeah. You have a bit of a formula. Um I have a better one. It's making it's make baby formula? Baby making formula. Yeah. <laughs> it's just jizz in a shot glass. Mm. Um we <laughs> This is supposed to get me pregnant. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, you got to do it every day. Okay. Population pace. Um, here on the middle of this bus. Yes. Mm. Um, but enough about Matt's very specific kinks. The point is <laughs> slander. Mine is watching him feed people shots. Actual slander. I don't do that. I'm I hasten to add. Whilst I drive the bus, uh, yeah. jerking it off. Um, <laughs> the bus. God. No, no. <laughs> I'm an autosexual. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Sure. Um, anyway. Uh, we notice you have a formula uh-huh. and we notice that it works for you financially. Let's face it. These films, Morbius aside, the Venom films raked in cash. There is a third one on the way. It will be a trilogy. Inexplicable. So yeah. we're using the notes you've already put out there, Sony. And we are going to give you some ideas for more spider spinoffs. Um, God help me. We've both got a couple. And before this, I, I, you I, said I, to me before recording, I'm worried that we might have come up with the idea of the same idea for 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 them or whatever. Yeah. And I said, right, I won't give mine away. Please name yours. And the very first name you dropped was like, fuck, that's one I've come up with as well. Well, we'll do that. So we'll, we'll do we'll, we'll we'll do that in the middle. I think we'll have yeah, a so yeah, do, yeah, yeah. so I say you go first yeah, okay. with your other with your yeah. other idea. I'll do my take on our accidental shared one. You do your take yeah. on the, and then I'll 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 round us out with what I think would be the seminal. Spidey spin-off. Because I, I, it's, I, it's pretty pivotal. I do have a third that I wasn't going to do, but then with the conversation with Justin, I'm like, no, fuck it, do it anyway. Okay, in that case, let's start with the third. Let's spitball them. So so the premise of this, very simply, this is the task, I, the big damn challenge I set, yeah. Matt, was these parameters. And, you know, you stick to them loosely, but these, these are the parameters of the challenge. And I want you in the, uh, if you're watching this on YouTube, which you should be, let's face it, if you're listening along, thanks very much. Leave us a review, you fucking snide bastards. Come on, write a review. Write a review. Write a review! Um, and then go give yourself a little reach around, just just from us. Think of us. Um, what? What? <laughs> While you're on the bus. Oh, okay. If you are listening to this, please write us a review. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. If you're watching this on YouTube, write down below your Spider-Man spin-off pitch for Sony based on these factors. You ready? So it's in the spirit of El Muerto. Right? El Muerto is the reason we're doing this. El Muerto! What is it about? in the character what is the plot mm. who's your villain mm. you can name them in the plot if you want uh who have you cast cast a couple other characters like cast the main character or whatever yeah mm. uh, and how does the film avoid putting spider-man in it 
whilst somehow making him really important to the film's existence. Um, <clears throat> doesn't doesn't mean it has to be absolutely Bob on important. Like we could be Morbius levels of there's images of him in the trailer that aren't in the film. Yeah, I know. <laughs> there is a line dubbed by Michael Keaton at the end that references Spider Man that we'll then remove after a few weeks because we've probably been told off by someone at Disney. So who's who's your who's your Lucy Goosey runner up? Who's your runner up? This 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 the the, the one I wasn't going to do, but I am going to do. Yeah, yeah. Just when we were talking about Craven, then Chameleon, Chameleon movie. Yeah. What would the Chameleon movie entail? Pit, picture to like, me, Don LaFontaine style. Like, <clears throat> let's get your coaster out. There we go. You're doing Don LaFontaine's voice, but my syntax. Oh yeah, I'm gonna. You know, I'm gonna. I'm gonna get the full audible ear pussy treatment here. Okay, go on, go on. <clears throat> It's like a spy Cold War 60s movie, but from the perspective of the Soviet spy, oh. the bad guy is the protagonist, and that happens to be the chameleon. But you don't know it's the chameleon till halfway through the movie, oh. the main character takes off. Their mask. Pierce Brosnan is Teffin. <laughs> right, hang on. Hang on. Maybe you should have been living yet! That was, a bit, that was a bit more red pepper than Don LaFontaine at the end there. Yeah, um, so, wait, hang on. So, so there's a twist mid-film that you're actually watching a chameleon movie. Well, you know you watched the chameleon movie because the movie would be called Chameleon. But- oh, right. I thought, I thought that it was going to be a different Sony picture. And then halfway through, it's no. like surprise, fuckers! No. It's a it's a Craven spin. So like, <laughs> we got you good, and everyone in the cinema's like, imagine the Alan Partridge gif. Everyone's just going, imagine if you will, you're watching this spy thriller, <laughs> okay, with an a- with an American agency, um, agent, presumably CIA, uh, trying to track down this this spy. Um, who has been in all sorts of nooks and crannies of the American infrastructure um, and, you know, keeps missing them and he's under pressure from their boss to, to, to you know, really nail this bastard. And then after the film, that protagonist takes off their face and is the chameleon. <laughs> and he's then about like, okay, well, how did I do this? Why am I doing this? <laughs> What's my actual game? And it can be something like, I'm just playing off these superpowers against each other for profit from a third party. Or Baby. I'm doing it to prepare for a greater threat, which is... Teaming up with some guys to do yeah, some good. Yeah, it? Something to do with Spider-Man, something I think. Something to do with Spider-Man, I think. <laughs> that, that was as far as I got with that one. Because then I was doing some research and was like, oh, Chameleon's in the Craven movie. God damn it. Balls. Well, it's a spin-off from Craven. You're, you're giving yeah, them spin-offs before the rest of the spin-offs. But that's, that's, that's the idea of how like, wait, you, it's a chameleon movie, but you, you don't... You think chameleon's the villain until halfway through the movie, the, the protagonist is revealed to be the chameleon. You've been watching chameleon the entire time. Yeah. All right. I'll be honest. I think that's a bit too clever for Sony. Well, yeah, I, 
was a I little bit too clever for Sony. I, I'd hate to say it. I think all of my ideas might be a bit too clever for Sony. And they're not particularly smart. But hey, that's saying a lot about Sony's movie division. But then again, if we were led to believe Chameleon was the villain from the start, that means the villain has to be someone that is known to blend in with people. Mm. So the villain would be evil Chameleon. Evil Chameleon. <laughs> Even more evil Chameleon. Well, no, the villain is Chameleon. Oh, yeah. But the person they're against is another Chameleon. He's not against anyone. <gasps> what? Himself. Oh no! He's a man out of time. He's a donkey on the edge. Um, okay, so uh, oh, runner-up ideas. My runner-up idea is Morlan, the spider totem character who uh, he the inheritor who I... kills and devours the soul of people who are the spider totems. But you can't use Spider-Man, so it's just him like chasing after people who look like cats or some shit. I, I was I was. <laughs> toying with the idea of sorry Morloon of, of, of Morloon <laughs> and then thought nah that's a fucking stupid idea I don't hate Morloon I don't hate Morloon I just think it's a stupid idea for a movie certainly it, a stupid idea for a soul made movie. his action figure too short I've got him over there he's in six inch scale and he's just six inches Ooh. Morloon is like eight foot tall in the comic so mm. that's a real big fuck up that they, they didn't make him scale appropriate. Whoopsie. Whoopsie doodle holes. Plastic's expensive, mate. Now what... <laughs> oh, God. What is your first official pitch to Sony? Because they're listening right now. We'll do our first like, official what, pitch. Wait, what we'll model's your phone? Now. Is it Pixel? It's a Google Pixel They're not listening. Eight. They're not listening to us. <laughs> Apple and Google are listening to us. <laughs> well, yeah, well, that's not exactly different. Um... No, it is, because this won't get made into a Spider-Man movie. Again, I, this one, I get around the uh, <laughs> the reliance on Spider-Man by it not being reliant on Spider-Man at all. Ooh. In fact, not even really taking place in America. Well, should I say the United States of America, where it takes place, oh. is in a Southern, Amer- Southern American country of, of, of anyone's choice. Let's say Argentina. Let's say Argentina for argument's sake. Because what ha- what's the what's the uh, the the old trope of um, uh, what happened at the end of Second World War? A load of Nazis escaped to South America. Argentina, for example. What happens with those with those old Nazis with those all those old Nazis? Well, they settle down and they and they live presumably. Outwardly non-Nazi lives. Um, <laughs> however, ah, Bitburger were were a um, were a, a Nazi scientist, for example, a particularly <sighs> zealous and cruel Nazi scientist. Um, I, I can I can hear the future, or at least twenty percent of our listeners right now are going, "Oh God!" <laughs> like they know where this is going. Um, a partic- <laughs> uh, I, I've got to look up the character's name. Um, a particularly uh, twisted and uh, zealous Nazi scientist finds himself in South America, continuing as opposed to the level-headed Nazi scientist. Conti- well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah like the the, fa- the 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 famously, famously uh, level-headed Werner yeah, uh, von Braun. Um, so um, <laughs> definitely not a Nazi. Um, got us to the moon after all. Would a Nazi have got us to the moon? Definitely. Uh, I've seen Iron Sky. Uh, so. <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to say. Um, <sighs> fucking hell. So, a particularly. Um, uh, shall we say. Uh, enthusiastic Nazi scientist. Uh, 
<laughs> by the uh, imaginative name of Fritz von Meyer, who you know, does a lot of work around mutations and gene splicing and all that shit. But obviously very early because it's 1940s and, you know, that shit does weird. And we'll set this in the early 1970s. <clears throat> what we'll do is we will have a, a group of Argentinians. I see what I did there. Uh... Argentines. Um, maybe with a couple of American tourists or in there just for for the English-speaking audience. Um, and what we'll do is we'll have them take a, a trip out to um, sort of idyllic country area, country retreat, and have them stumble across a, an old an old cabin, cabin in the woods style thing, but in Argentina instead of America because there are other countries. Um, and <laughs> what we'll do is we'll have them Evil Dead style stumble across this old research. Yeah, they will. That happens to be. Um, Happens to be the the, the diary of a, of a Fritz von Meyer, who escaped from Nazi Germany to continue his experiments in in gene splicing, uh, and has come across an, an incredibly rare, so rare, unique in fact, species of of bees, a colony of of bees, um, that has a strange another twenty percent have just gone. Oh a, right, a, okay. A, a strange sort of of hive mind uh, <laughs> effect. And has been experimenting with them and, and samples, and until, until something goes wrong, and the bees attack him, and all you hear is a tape recorder, because of course it is, it's, is you know him being, being stung by bees, and then eventually just oh, the tape descends into just endless droning and buzzing. Very good. Yeah. Oh, that's fucking weird. <laughs> and then. One of them, one of them gets stung. <gasps> stung by a bee on the schnauzen. Yeah, on the schnauzen. Mm. On the schnauzen, and, and and suddenly it becomes just mad, just filled with with hate and and just vitriol and anti-Semitism. Um, Ladies and gentlemen, what we've got is is a a slasher, cabin in the woods, Evil Dead style movie where the villain is not a a, a group of, of murderous yokels or uh, spirits that possess your your closest and dearest, or even some sort of demonic entity. No, it's it's. It's a Nazi made of bees. It's swarm. Um, it's fucking swarm. <laughs> it's swarm. It is a colony of bees containing the consciousness... Broadway's the, very own. Broadway's very own swarm. Yeah. Um, <laughs> containing the consciousness of a Nazi scientist which they consumed, which used his skeleton as a frame to take human form um, and enact terror on this group of Argentines. Um, the moment you started to pitch that as a slasher film, I was like, <laughs> the thing is... I would watch The thing is, it's actually pretty fucking good, isn't it? Like, fuck yeah. <laughs> and, and the idea that him sting, that the bees stinging people don't kill them, it turns them into, like, violent Nazis, Which basically. is not, like, what happens in the comics <clears throat> at no, all. No, 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 that's the Sony but, twist. But that's how it, 
That's how you get... Do you have a villain outside of Swarm being the villain? No, Swarm is the villain. Right. Swarm teams up with the teens at the end to fight the eviler Swarm. Oh, no. Which is one of the teens who's become like an uber-Nazi. Oh! <laughs> so the Nazi is like, I may be a Nazi, but I'm not a Nazi. <laughs> no, I think, I think how you end it, I think how you end it is they do defeat Swarm. Okay. But one bee survives. <gasps> and it just so happens to be a queen. So the skeleton's gone. Yeah. But his consciousness, Von Mayer's consciousness in the is still in that queen. Oh. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Who do we cast? Endless sequels, mate. We're talking Friday the 13th levels of sequelization. Who do we cast as Swarm? Uh, Bill Skarsgård. Little, little did people know, not only can he make his eyes like sort of bulge sideways, He's actually he can also turn his eyes into bees. bees. <laughs> uh, motion capture performance and flashback. Okay. Because he's fucking mental. So Spider-Man's not connected to it at all. And yet, and but yet, how do you tie like... Spider-Man into the marketing so that people get tricked into seeing it? Like, what's deadlier than a spider? A bee. A bee. <laughs> Um, you, you, you a have, new Marvel legend arises. You have uh, a spider in on a web crawling towards a bee that's trapped in it, and the bee turns around and fucking murks it. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah, that's how you do it. That's horrible, and I love it. Yeah. I the thing is, you pitched a film I would watch. Yeah, <laughs> no swarm as a as a like straight to DVD level of ridiculousness slasher series like it, it, it would absolutely work it's one of those that, that it could be a completely fucking independently written movie all you have to do is to change a couple of details and it suddenly becomes a swarm movie like there's probably a script out there very similar to what I've just described it's just as no one's made the connection to swarm because it's fucking swarm I can dig it man I actually would watch that. Yeah, I know you would. <clears throat> it's ridiculous. I'm making it just for you. Um, we matched on one of our suggestions. We did match on one of our suggestions. Which shows how how much we're in tune with what we thought would be picked here. I don't know if we'll take similar approaches to no, it. Oh, no, I think, but... I think we'll go different places, but I, th- I think that's part of the fun of it. Because when you think of these Sony movies, the first thing you think of is the 90s. Because so many of them are based around what worked or what featured in the animated series or in merchandise in the 90s. Because Avi Arad, Avi Arad, Avi Arad, Avi Arad, Avi Arad is involved in all of these films. He has pushed for a Venom movie since the early 90s, regardless of it having any connection to Spider-Man. And he got his wish in 2019. So... Uh, we both obviously took our brains back to the 90s and went, what characters did they push in Spider-Man books that just never caught on? But fuck me, did they try? And one of them is Cardiac. Yep. Cardiac. Who better to, as I write here, who better to resuscitate a dying cinematic universe than a physician? A physician! And physician, can, heal thyself! And you can have a bit where someone says, like, what are you? And you can go... I'm Venom. Rah! And they go, huh? And he goes, just kidding. I'm Dr. Elias Wortham at your service. As he helps them up. So, a bit of background for those who don't know. Cardiac is a vigilante and sometime enemy of Spider-Man who has a mechanical heart that charges a vibranium mesh that's laced under his skin. Mm -hmm. Now, it can't be vibranium because it's Sony. 
Sure. So let's say that instead he finds a way to cybernetically implant medical equipment into his body, like defibrillator palms, you know, like a heart rate monitor on his chest. So you've got the visual of like a... I wasn't going to quite go that way, but okay. <clears throat> okay, no, but that's what I like about this, because it means the picture right, be different. Right. Uh, his whole thing is he's trying to help people through medicine, like movie Morbius, yeah, yeah. and unnecessary violence, mm. like movie Venom. Uh, he was created in the 90s, in 1990, in no, fact. 1990, the, no, the most 90s of years. Yeah, so he's absolutely on Avia Rad's weird fucking radar. The only... Um, <laughs> The only more 90s year is 1999. That's very true. Because it has um, more nines in it. His power all comes from the comics, from the vibranium mesh and the heart power in it under his skin. And yet, he has pouches all over his fucking costume. Because it was the 90s. It's true. So, are you ready? Here's the plot. Here's the plot. Tell me the plot. Of Cardiac. Cardiac. I think the plot centers on Cardiac finding wronged and terminally ill citizens of New York whose health insurance has run out. Oh, I like this. He finds them, obviously, by hacking the hospital mainframe. Yeah, with his... his bank of yeah. multiple chunky monitors. Solar. Because it's got to be like... Yeah, solar. solar he's solar, hacking solar. the mainframe, because it's the 90s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not set in the 90s, by the way. It's set now, but it's the 90s. Ah. Um, and he takes them to his, his lair, which is known as the Secret Hospital... For treatment. Ah, ha, ha, so for the like three people ha, watching ha, this who are big fans of Mary Jane Watson's law, there's a little Easter egg for you. Um, Secret Hospital was the soap opera Mary Jane starred in from the majority of the 80s and 90s run of the comic books. It's basically Dallas, but a hospital. Okay. Right? Um, okay. But when the folks overdue on their insurance payments with their medical care provider... Alchemax, because why the fuck not, start to turn up dead, either beaten to a pulp or partially disintegrated. Mm. It's up to Cardiac to track down and defeat Alchemax's mysterious enforcers. Ooh wee! Not the enforcers. Ooh wee! Sticks and stone. Wow. Sticks and stone. Uh, what's what's further lower than Z-List? Sticks and Stone are a duo of supervillains comprised of a mad scientist, that's Sticks, mm. who looks all shriveled and wears Victorian clothing for some reason, who develops a condition where he his touch can like melt flesh or kill people. Sure. And Stone is his buddy, who's a big bruiser, who's got cannons in his shoulders. What fantastic! Because why not? And fantastic. Like, they showed up in recent years in uh, Spider-Man Deadpool comic with uh, oh, one of the. I'm trying to remember now. There was a cult that they showed up as part of. This cult that's poked up in X-Men and and Punisher over the years. Uh, they showed up in this cult because they've not been used for fucking ages. They recently showed up in a. Um, oh god, who's the guy who wrote a lot of Spider-Man and Venom books back in the day? Yeah. Dave, David McElhaney? David McElhaney, yeah. David McElhaney. So he recently wrote a series called Venom Lethal Protector, which yeah. was just a mini-series of, hey, here's a random story from the classic days of Venom. It's a brand new story, but let's pretend it happened in that yeah. period. And it leads into the Lethal Protector mini. Did they do retro, did they do, um, retro style art for it? Yes. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, modern colouring, but like that kind yeah. of, the slight bend and stretch kind of look for it all. And um, it was really fun. It was really, really fun. But Sticks and Stone show up in that briefly. And they're as they were then. But most recently they've showed up in Spider-Man Deadpool. Sticks is 
more river sticks inspired. He's really shriveled. He's got a blindfold on. His flesh is all decrepit. His hands are all creepy. And Stone has just become a big fucking golem that fires rockets. Mm-hmm. But we're going to go for the old school of like creepy mad scientist and dude with rockets and pouches. Um, in this incarnation, though, they're both mad scientists. They're both former doctors. And they're both somehow childhood friends slash ex-study mates of Cardiacs. So there's your evil cardiac. Oh, we were also, we were going to be doctors like you, but then this happened. Justice, vengeance, blah, blah, blah. Most importantly, of course, the root of the problem behind the shite healthcare system won't be resolved and will in fact be dropped in the first half hour, like that kid's unanswered question to Drake in Venom or that little girl placed into a coma in Morbius. Uh, The connection to... That's a thing. The connection to Spider-Man is that Cardiac will mention people up there ignoring the real problems of the people of New York and will cite, quote, those do-gooders swinging around this city know nothing about what it's like to really make a difference. And that's it. That'll be the reference. That'll be it. That'll be it. I'm casting Terrence Howard as Cardiac slash Dr. Elias Wortham because... I'm going younger. He's 54. And I feel that Dr. Wortham at this point sort of in the story has to have been around long enough to make his surgical brilliance, like logical and his world weariness believable. Mm. Um, though the character is African-American, it continues the 90s tradition of ramping up the amount of prominent black superheroes whilst insisting that their costumes completely cover every inch of their body for yeah, some reason. Yeah, yeah. See Spawn. Uh, and when he's propositioned by Alistair Smythe. Ooh. Because Avi Arad won't remember Spencer Smythe as he wasn't in the 90s cartoon. No. To work on his Spider Slayer project in the post credit scene, Cardiac will turn him down for now. And when asked when, he'll consider it, look directly into the camera and say, next time, baby. Next time. So that's why it's Terrence Howard. Uh, there will be no sequel. There will be no sequel. <laughs> so that's my pitch for Cardiac. Sony's Marvel legend, Cardiac. You are right. We are taking it in different directions. I'm happy about that. That was kind of fun. And I thought Sticks and Stone, they've literally fought like Spider-Man twice, the Hulk once, and Cardiac once. Oh. And then they showed up in a Venom miniseries two years ago. So. <laughs> so, Cardiac. My version of Cardiac. <laughs> Is a less patient-facing surgeon. Oh. Because he's actually a... Um, he turns a, away from him. He's allergic to looking at people. Well, well he is a qualified surgeon. Um, but he's actually gone into medical research. Oh. Um, at Horizon Labs. And his area of medical research is um, cybernetics. Cybernetic replacements. Mm-hmm. Cybernetic internal prostheses. Um, replacement organs that either use completely synthetic components or a mixture of organic and bio- uh, 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 organic and non-organic components. And, he's, you know, he's having some success in human trials. Um, but it, it, it's, it's not really going the way he wants it to. Um, but he is, he is completely devoted to his work and, and keeps sort of brushing off the, um, the efforts of his family, particularly his brother Joshua, to, um, to get him to, you know, relax, come see the family more often... Um, you know, and just get back to get back to the old neighborhood and and, and see what's going on and come back to the old neighborhood. Yeah, see what's going on. Yeah, see what's going on. Um, <clears throat> that was a little like does, from the script. He does have a breakthrough. <clears throat> um, with an almost completely um, cybernetically enhanced like nervous system body, so, uh, 
we basically turn a quadriplegic into, into a fully functioning person. Have you ever seen Upgrade? Kinda yeah. Like kind of like that. Okay. But like, with more, with more like, you know, your, your, um, ins- that was the good one, wasn't it? Upgrade was the one that was like, oh, this Upgrade is really fun and ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. Uh, where, yeah but more, more, um, it was, it was Venom, so like, but guns. Yeah. Venom yeah. Guns. Um, <laughs> uh, so it, it's like they're, um, lacing, uh, like metallic strips along the bones to help reinforce the muscles and, and use electrostimulation to sort of, to bring that, uh, to carry, you know, signals from the brain. Someone gets wind of this, which is um, an aging crime boss in the late, late stages of ALS, uh, who has earned the name due to his distinctive um, steel grey mane of silver mane. Oh, so he's literally going to have long grey hair. Yeah. I quite like. I was gonna say Silvio Manfredi's the villain, right. and you're no, like, no, yeah, but he's got a long no, fucking grey mullet. His name is Sil- is Silvio Manfredi because that's his name. But no, um, no, no. Do do the Milo thing. He's, he's not got. Call a, him like Steve no, Manfredi. No, no, no. Um, <laughs> he's not got like. A, it's like a. It's like a. He's old, so it's like a fifty style, uh, greased quad. Yeah, yeah. Like not a greaser cut, but you know what I mean. The like, gangster uh, thing. They yeah. did put. They just put a shitload of brill cream yeah, in, combed it the fuck back. Steel grey, and it looks cool as fuck. Um, I, I, I would cast someone like F. Murray Abraham if F. Murray Abraham hadn't just been uh, accused of sexual assault. Um, um, so, <laughs> so fuck the guy. Um, but that that's the kind of thing I'm in me for. Conchu, conchu, yeah, more like conchu. Yeah. <laughs> so, so he's 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 he's, he's <clears throat> asked by Silvermane to. No, do you know what they cast Jared Leto? Cast there of F. Murray Abraham. Yeah. Sony, yeah. this is a smart decision, and Definitely you should a smart take decision. it. Uh, Silvermane. Uh, so yeah, he he he's approached to 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 offer his services to to help fix Silvermane. And he's like, what? Well, I I don't work for criminals. More importantly, it's not ready. I ain't all about that. So they apply the pressure. Oh. They apply the pressure via family. Oh, they go after his brother. Go after his brother. No. Go after his brother. Not. What was his name? Joshua. Not Joshua. Not Joshua. <laughs> go after his brother. Hold his brother. Say, you know, we got your brother. He's going to be fine. But you need to come <clears throat> do this now. And he's like, I... right, fine. Okay. Force them to do it. Uh, of course, once it's done, Silverman's like, oh, I don't want anyone knowing about this. Uh, I don't want anyone else getting their hands on this technology. This is it's mine. I'm going to take all your research. and uh, I'm the Silver Main Man, motherfucker. And I'm going to kill you both. Um, oh, no. Not Joshua. And Elias. No. So, um, <laughs> takes them out to have them executed. Um, Joshua... Being you know the more sporty of, of of the of the two, the more sort of um, you know we can you can be a college football star. He's like gone into something like I don't know phys ed teaching or something like that. A stand up guy. He's, he's, but he he helps. Um, or maybe he's military. I don't know. He he trade fight attacks the gunman um, and you know uh, to to uh, to try and let them both escape. He's killed in the struggle, uh, and Elias is wounded. Um, oh shoot! So Elias drags himself back to Horizon Labs, um, 
Uh, he has to leave his, his brother there, and his and his. Uh... <clears throat> Later on, disgusted to find out that uh, his his brother was, uh, that it's been characterized as a gangland shooting, and his brother's been characterized as a gangster simply because he was black. Because that's not exactly that's not the neighborhood they were from. That's not you know what the family was like. But it's a black man's been shot. Oh, it's a gangland thing, and it's well, and it is, but not. In the way that the press, yeah, yeah, America um, have spun it as a, yeah, another yeah, example of black inner city violence. Um, and it's like what? He's like fuck. Well, in England, more research. I've still got the prototype. Oh, uh, and he, he Iron Man's it. Okay, all right. He's been shot in the chest, so he's like, all right. After, after this is like a. It's, Will he have a heart rate monitor? Yeah, it's all right. Ah, shit. This is like a um, it's an experimental sort of like self installing like thing where you, you, yeah. pop it, you pop it into the chest cavity and it uses nanotechnology to sort of expand its tendrils into the rest of the body and like now it's a prototype and of course it's imperfect which means that it does heal him but he is now dependent on it however because it's a prototype it's supercharged Fast and Furious supercharged. Fast and Furious supercharged. Holy shit! So not only My does not only does it increase his durability and strength, uh, but it also he can he can use that voltage that's keeping him alive and even absorb some voltage and redirect it as uh, as, as blasts or electronic. You know. When he takes down a villain, does he say, "You're under arrest"? cardiac arrest no can he say that for the trailer but it not be in the finished film no oh, oh I, i'm taking this completely seriously oh, Chris. sorry um i was gonna say this has got like really big 80s revenge flick vibes he does say clear just before he zaps a goon in the chest with it though oh fuck uh, yes there it is i was gonna say you absolutely have one in yeah, your back pocket yeah, of course i do uh <laughs> So yeah, you know, he uses new powers as as, as as cardiac to to enact a campaign against Silvermane's um, organization in Revenge for His Brother, and finds himself going down a darker and darker path, uh, stopping short of, of of killing anyone um, until he gets to to Silvermane and does he has to face the moral choice of do I um, brutally beat this I, old man's head? Yeah. Although, of course. He's already performed this procedure on Silvermane, so Silvermane is might as well be a young man in his prime again. Are you um, going for the whole old man head on top, body looking younger and slightly more mechanical? Uh, yeah. So the, the the idea being, I'm not going to give. Will he end up as a head on an RC car being driven around? Not quite. <laughs> um, but in in the in the ensuing fight, he will be reparalyzed. Ah. And but and that but Cardiac will stop short of killing him. But also Cardiac's not going to have a costume. Ah, the sort of the look, the look of the sort of um, the the light, the, the lightning kind of thing on his mask. Yeah, yeah. The, the 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 sort of piping lines of the costume. Let's, let's face it, the the heart rate yeah. design on his face. It's, yeah, that's going to be the um, the energy coursing the through energy him. Coursing through him. Oh, uh, okay, the, and it's going to be the, the the lines that the nanotechnology has built through his body to to move that energy around. Um, yeah, and it's going to shine. It's going to shine through his clothes. Like it's going to be that. Sort of vibrant, um, and and yeah, and it's gonna and it's gonna end with like, oh, I've 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 managed to turn away from um, a dark path, and I think that I know that there are people who are trying to do good in this city, 
And I think, I think I can be a part of that as well. I just have to work out how to get in touch with them. And that's going to be the maybe the I should send a message to... on the web. Can the tagline has a website? Can the tagline be "It's time for cardi action" or "Non-stop cardi action"? Why are you crying, Matt? Matt, stop crying. The thing is, because you've is, got a great taste in, like, especially in the sort of eighties action flicks yeah. and that, like that, you know, the the revenge flicks and things like that. You've introduced me to a fair few over the years, both of amazing quality and shit, but really enjoyable quality. Yeah. You're pitching things I want to see. Yeah, I know. <laughs> like, I would watch that. I know. Swarm um, that, I would absolutely watch. I wouldn't what? watch mine. Mine's shit, but it's purposeful. You know why else you'd watch it? Who do you think my Elias is? <gasps> Who's Elias? William Jackson Harper. Yeah, you could pull that off. I've never seen him do anything that action oriented. Put, put him. Th- oh my god! I was going to say. I was going to say. Being, I was going to say. Put him through like the workout regime, but he's quite trim already. Yeah, but he's. You've ne- he's you don't associate with action movies. No, but it works because you don't. This Elias isn't isn't like that. That's the isn't point. Like that. Yeah, he is, like, you play off the, the beginning of the film. You play off the the um, the uh, the contrast between him and his brother. Joshua is much more athletic, much more capable. Like I said, maybe he's ex-military, maybe he's ex-export. And that's the thing, in terms of Joshua's experience and his spirit, he kind of ends up taking on the best of him and his brother. Yeah, totally. Um, So he avenges his brother, his brother lives on in him, almost. Yeah, but, but you know, through the the sort of roaring rampage of revenge he goes on, he's not a a, a technically proficient fighter, but it's the strength that the cardiac um, technology gives him. Yeah. Is what allows him to prevail. I don't know. Maybe we introduce another character, comics character the, that would allow him to, to give him some put, training. And, put, oh no, that put the enforcers in there. The enforcers in there. Yeah, okay. Like because yeah. then, then there's sort of like a mid level between them and Silvermane, and it's a chance for him to sort of show off his powers. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Even though, even though um, Montana has technically been in the MCU. Yeah. Fuck it. <laughs> so was William Jackson Harper. That's true. And F. Murray Abraham. Oh god. Um, um, I, fuck, I'd watch that. I also I also like the sort of the chickening out of the costume, but still representing the costume yeah. thing. <laughs> um, not because I don't think cost, uh, not because I don't think he shouldn't have a costume. No, I just think that costume sucks. Oh yeah, of course it does. So, it's from the 90s. Yeah, so. his entire thing is he's got like his skin is basically super powerful, and yet he's covered in pouches. What the fuck are in those pouches? Yeah. I think it was the nineties. That's think why he's he covered would, in pouches. He, yeah, he'd, he'd, he'd cover his face with something, but the energy of it. Uh, of that of those uh, lines through his skin would shine through whatever he covers face. Oh, you you literally have like, like one scene, like one scene where he's worried about his identity, and he's just like maybe they're in a store, and he just grabs some tights yeah. and just pulls some tights over his head, and it just sort of this is this blue black thing with the lights for a moment, and yeah, it's like yeah. oh, it looks like the mask kind of, and then they move on. No, this is just grabs like a navy navy blue balaclava or something, and it's like just covers my face because he's got one of those really stupid masks as well, where it's like the mouth's just the mouth. You're yeah, like, I'm not doing huh? that. I'm not doing that. <laughs> It's like you could you could have it be more like a cowl because then at least you could see his mouth and be like, oh look, a black superhero in a period where like there was more of them, but yeah. for some reason they were always covered head to toe. That's that's, I, that's how I do cardiac. Right. I wanna I wanna thank you, and I think Sony should listen to both of those because oh, I would watch both those. Thank you for taking this assignment seriously. Because you haven't. I'm so sorry for what I'm about to do. As you can see here, you ready? So there's there's the there's the start of the cardiac. Yeah. Yep. Okay, so 
The Burglar. I fucking hate you. So, this again, just a reminder, this is a Spider-Man, Spider-Man Sony Cinematic Universe film. The Burglar. A.K.A. The Guy Who Shot Uncle Ben. Gets the adaptation he deserves. Mm. Finally telling the untold truth of his life and the trying times that pushed him into the acts of that fateful night. Is this going to be as bad as Trouble was? But it can't actually mention or show Spider-Man. <laughs> yeah. And it's, fun- it's funny you should say that. I considered writing a pitch for Trouble. Oh, God. For those who don't know, Trouble is something that's best left never explored or remembered. But basically it's, oh, it's a teen romance book about, oh, like crossed romance and, oh no, like betrayal and an affair and a reconciliation. And wait, hang on. They just said their names. Are they, is this, is this Aunt May, Uncle Ben, Richard and Mary Parker? Oh no. No. It's non-canon. Don't worry about it. Thank fuck. But um, until it isn't. Until, well, well, that's the thing, isn't it? The whole thing of it is, oh, Aunt May is actually Peter's biological mother. Yeah. It's like, why? Why though? Why? 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 Um, it's awful. And it was released as a series called Trouble, and the fact that it's those characters is a twist. Yeah. And now that you know it, and we've ruined the twist for you, go to YouTube and watch the comic pop episode about Trouble. Because the moment that um, Ben and Ethan start to realise is about an hour in, and it's fucking magical. It's so much fun. Just watching the cogs turn in their head, like, early on, one of them sort of jokes, like, oh, it's kind of like Ben and May Parker, and Sal goes like, yeah, yeah. And and then they move on. And it's just later on that moment of, oh, God, it's a magical watch. I've I not, I've not seen their, their Trouble episode. I'm going to have to watch it. It's, but I, I have watched good. their Marvel episode. Oh, it's so good. Fucking Bill Jemis. Bill Jemis, man. Bill fucking Jemis. What a fucking guy. So, the burglar is the guy in the Spider-Man origin we all know. Spider-Man, in his hubris, um, stops, doesn't refuses to stop a, a mugger. Uh, in the comics, originally, it's, it's a TV studio. Spider-Man wrestles. And then he gets an agent, and the agent books him on late nights, basically Johnny Carson. Mm. He goes on late night, and he's like, look at me, I'm a man who sticks to walls, look at me. And the TV producer has an argument with this guy, he runs away, and the TV producer's like, stop him! Spider-Man's like, I'm not helping you, pal! You're not paying me what I'm owed! Mm. Screw you! Even though later on, in Amazing Spider-Man issue one, he goes back to his agent and is like, can I get paid for the jobs I did in that comic a year ago that I debuted in? And the agent goes, Sure! Um, <laughs> tell me your identity so I can make the check out. And he's like, well, I'm not doing that. Just make it out to Spider-Man. And the agent goes like, sure thing then, pal. <laughs> Writes the check. Spider-Man goes to a bank. The bank's like, well, we're not going to fucking cash this. <laughs> what are you? A te- like a fucking teenager under there? Are you a moron? Uh... <laughs> and, and of course, the agent squids in because he just keeps the money and Spider-Man never gets the money from his te- late night talk show it's appearances. Because uh, Peter Parker, especially in the 60s, is nothing if not an arrogant little twat. It's true. Um, who learns to be a better person. But anyway, the burglar is the guy who doesn't get stopped and then shows up at the Parker house for reasons we find out later, um, seemingly just a getaway. He's hiding somewhere. He kills Uncle Ben, like, in a you know, fracas, and then he buggers off. Spider-Man tracks him down, beats him up, and he's like, oh, it's the man at the TV station. I could have stopped him. If I'd have stopped him, Uncle Ben might be alive. Oh, no! I must carry out my Uncle Ben's mantra that isn't mentioned at any point in this book until this last page where I say that it's his mantra. With great power comes great responsibility. The 60s. Um, 
Yes. It's, oh, Spider-Man with his little eyes in the mask as well. In Amazing Fantasy, he's got two little dot eyes in the middle of his white lenses and a couple oh, of panels. Objectivism is a hell of a drug. It's really weird. Uh, <laughs> Steve Ditko, wonderful creative. Odd man. Um, <laughs> so... So like I said, of the, fucking century, the comics went on to eventually bring this fucker back, the burglar, and explain oh, yeah. that he was at a TV station to grill someone for information yeah. about a stash of wealth mm. that a former cellmate of his, mm. um, let me get the name up, former cellmate of his, the elderly gangster Dutch Malone, had buried under a suburban home. So basically, Dutch Malone was like, I've buried a bunch of stuff in case things go tits up. Yeah. And it's under this home in Queens. And the burglar learns about that while they're in the cell together. And he's like, right. And then he gets out first. And he's like, goes to the TV producer, I need the information. And the guy's like, oh shit, this. And then he goes to try and get it. But there's a couple in the house. Because the Parkers, he shoots Ben Parker, Parker. doesn't get the, the treasure. right? So it's about fucking hidden treasure. Um, upon confirming it was under a house in Queens, he broke in. And that's the night he shot and killed Ben Parker. Also, it turns out there's no treasure under the Parker home in another story anyway, so it was for nothing. Ha ha. Die old man. Die and create a superhero origin. Okay. So, uh, he I showed... I like how much of your voice you've put into this pitch. Oh, yeah. Uh, the burglar showed up in some shite stories later on in Spider-Man's run and even had a daughter called Jess Carradine, who features in a Ben Riley story in the 90s. Which Not is Jess Burglar. Which is why Avi Arad connoisseur of all things tacky extreme and radical remembered it and insisted that sam raimi retroactively refer to the burglar as dennis carradine in spider-man 3 this is a fact in spider-man 3 he's credited as criminal or the burglar in the video game sorry in spider-man 2002 in the video game for spider-man he's the head of the skull gang but in Spider-Man 3, they go out of their way when also going, actually, it was Flint Marco, a small-time crook, who shot your uncle. They go out of their way to refer to the burglar as Dennis Carradine, which is such an obscure reference till you remember that his daughter showed up in the 90s comics and that's when Avi Arab was obsessed with, like, everything. The 90s shit. So, one might say, the worst of times. Yes. Um, I think the plot, is all about his time in jail, his father-son relationship with Dutch Malone, and how he eventually turns on the old gangster for fear of ending up like him in his old age, taking the information he confided in him about the treasure and taking that one last shot at glory for himself and mending the relationship with his estranged teenage daughter, Jessica. He begins to shake down Malone's old informants for the final clues, including one who's become a late-night TV producer, the one from Amazing Fantasy 15. Mm. The masked wrestler he bumps into at the TV station is El Muerto, because tie-in, but Bad Bunny would not have been told what the cameo was for, and eventually his film won't even release. <laughs> Yes, mate. The ending will be Carradine in a race against time to get to the treasure's location whilst being pursued by the surviving members of Dutch Malone's old gang, who've also been after the treasure for decades. In the end, Dennis the Burglar Carradine comes to the realisation that the greatest treasure of all would simply be reuniting with his daughter. And, after surviving a Queen set shootout with the other gangsters decides not to
to break into the house containing the treasure. However, the last member of Dutch's old gang left alive fires some parting shots in his dying moments in an attempt to kill Carradine, and the stray bullet kills an elderly man through the window of the house. We hear his wife scream as Carradine flees. The burglar will be played by Bill Burr in an attempt at another dramatic role, but he'll have a famously awful time making the movie on set and will tell stories about how shit the entire thing was for years to come. Dutch Malone will be played by Brian Cranston collecting a paycheck. His scenes, his scenes... All set in the prison with maybe... (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah? Yeah? Yes? Yes? They Godzilla him. They Godzilla him. They get a prestige actor... The Zord on him, right? No, he put his he put his whole Brian he, put his, whole he Brian put his Brian Cranstussy into that yeah, role. Oh well, God, don't but ever say that again. It, all of his scenes, which will be all inside in the prison cell in the workout yard, and one de-aged flashback that lasts about twenty seconds, cool. will all be shot in four days. Carradine's daughter Jessica will show up in the post-credits scene. Visiting her father, who is back in jail after handing himself in for some reason. She will be played by Jenna Ortega and reassure her dad, because, you know, new hotness, new hotness. And they want to tie her into a franchise, right? And will reassure her dad that she'll be okay because he taught her everything she knows. After leaving the police precinct, precinct, Jessica will clamber onto the rooftops change into her black leather cat suit, don a bright white wig and domino mask, and grapple swing away into the silver and black movie. Because there's nothing they like doing better in these films than pissing off people who really like the characters they adapt. I hate it! Right? But they would totally do something like this. Yeah, Felicia exactly. Hardy, who's she? No, it's 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 Jessica Carradine. Is the black cat, folks. Remember when they tried to make um, black cat in the Age of Spider-Man 2? And Felicity Jones. Yeah. And she's just called Felicia in the credits and that's it. That's it. Do you remember when she was going to be in Spider-Man 4 because Sam Raimi wanted black cat in the film? Yeah. But Avi Arad insisted she be the vulture's henchman, hench person, the Vultress. The Vultress. That's a terrible name. Spider-Man's connection is barely intact because obviously he doesn't bump into the burglar at the wrestling thing. El Muerto does. So the, uh, oh, bar, of course, the end of 2019's Joker-style accidental murdering of Uncle Ben. Uh, Thus ruining Spider-Man's origin completely. Despite this, the movie will be marketed with the tagline, See where the legend began. So that's my pitch for the burglar. You've you've done it. You've you've made the worst. Sony Pictures and Columbia present 
in association with Marvel Studio, Marvel Comics, The Burglar. You've made the pitch for the worst comic book prequel slash sequel since Joker fully had Um <laughs> I don't know. I love how that's upsetting the hardcore fans of the first film just by existing. <laughs> yeah, so I'm kind of here for it. Yeah. <laughs> like, as someone who did not like the first one, I am morbidly intrigued about the second one. I, I have to know. <laughs> I have to know what the fuck they're doing. But that burglar pitch is poison. Thank you. It is, it is truly toxic. Thank you. Um, it's not quite trouble levels of upsetting, but it's close. No, but it's getting there. <laughs> Um, not even, not even for its low. Oh, it doesn't hew close enough to the source material. Who gives a fuck about that? Um, we, we adaptation, folks. Adaptation. Yeah. It's just <laughs> fuck is that movie? <laughs> Who would watch that? You mean when you want to watch a movie about a guy in jail learning about a big payday and he's gonna take it as soon as he gets out? But it's a redemption arc because in the end he makes the decision that this is not worth it and his daughter's love and reconnecting is more important. Actually, no, but then could be for good. some reason he hands himself into jail between the ends of the movie and yeah, the first credit scene. Well, he has to be in jail so he can bump into Michael Keaton who will randomly be there in jail. I think it's something to do with Spider-Man, I think. Who? Who? Yeah, this is like the origin of Spider-Man. Who the fuck are you talking about? Spider guy. And just the fact that it's like, so he's Walter Hardy? No, he's not Walter Hardy and she's not Felicia, but she's going to be Black Cat because we want a big name attached to that and we just want to make it be a thing. What if he was Walter Hardy? Spectacular Spider-Man did that. The cartoon series. You learn that Walter Hardy was the person who shot Uncle Ben. I was listening along at home. I just took my cock out. He did not. Um, well, at least if he did, I didn't notice. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Phenomenal cosmic powers. And a mini penis. Um, <laughs> YouTube folk, let us know. Would you see any of these garbage pictures? I mean, I would watch that swarm movie in a heartbeat, to be honest. <laughs> Um, what is your terrible, I mean, great pitch for Sony for the Spider-Man spin-off universe? <laughs> Write them down in the comments. Uh, if you enjoyed mm. the show and you're listening along on Spotify, mm. Apple Podcast, give us a star review. Go give us a rating. We'd really appreciate just it. Single star. We'd go, just do that shit. Do that shit. And you can check us out on socials for any upcoming news for stuff at Big Damn Cast on Twitter, uh, because we've yet to find a worse hell site to be on, and I think it's I, appropriate. I, w- I would say that we're a, a one-star podcast, but that's not for me to say. <laughs> Please don't rate us one star for jokes. <laughs> don't rate us one star for jokes. Rate us five star. Rate us five star, but write a terrible review. <laughs> I'd, I'd, I'd be happy with that. Five star, but write a really deeply critical review. I'm not going to read it. I don't care. That's true. <laughs> Back to formula. <laughs> Goodbye, my loves. Goodbye. Out, am I?